We're back live after five podcasts. We're here with our friend Francis Magubot, real estate uh, mogul. mogul. Yeah, I was going to say mogul, can but I didn't want to. Like, can I we say that? And entrepreneur. So welcome. I, I wouldn't say mogul. Got a couple more. Uh, He's mogul know. thirty under thirty kind of guy, but uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you know, for the listeners, again, we're based out of Philadelphia where Francis does most of his stuff. Um, and uh, you can find him on Instagram. We'll just go ahead and plug that out now. Yeah, we'll just drop it out right in the front. What's your Instagram handle? Instagram at Francis Megawatt. YouTube at Francis Megawatt. Facebook and at Francis Megawatt. Yo, let's just hold the <laughs> phone, though. <laughs> let's spell Magubot first. Yeah, let's be honest with everybody. I was, we, we held the record for like five minutes because I just like kept saying Francis's last name to myself. Just like, I just didn't want to botch it because that's, I don't like messing people's names up. <clears throat> but how do you spell your Instagram handle just so everybody uh, that's listening or watching with their ears? So that's Francis with an IS instead of an ES because ES is the girl way to spell right. it. Clearly not a girl. Yeah, yep. Francis, his, yeah, you associate your gender male. I would think so. <laughs> we're going off the rails we're 25 seconds in and then m-a-n-g-u-b-a-t yep okay all right so we got that out of the way yeah that's awesome yeah so tell us a little bit about yourself and and yeah no i no we're not gonna do what kind that. of that's, that's fucking lame <laughs> see what happens when we let jonathan God run almighty. things uh, no so on, i was i was creeping i was creeping on francis because we we've been trying to have you on for a few weeks now um but with you know the uh worldly condition um that's going around there's some sort of flu going around you know it was it was a hard hard crossing paths but we almost crossed paths a few times this year when i went to vegas to meet up with them i left la to go to vegas and you i'm pretty sure went to la I from to LA. Ve- from yep. vegas so we we kind of like air high five there i'd like to think so yeah that's when our it's relationship started it started in the air <laughs> <laughs> we well, you could say we're in the mile high club together yeah strange that's weird right i'm actually not a part of the mile high club but no, yeah, we'll let the yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> not, I just, neither am I. It's very difficult to become a member unless you're just a complete don't give a fuck. Yeah, I was actually playing Never Have I Ever with some friends the other day, and like I, I don't know, I just couldn't even imagine myself joining the Mile High Club because I feel like it would just be really uncomfortable. Like, how do you even <laughs> get it going there? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like people, people <laughs> think like I, I have too thought of that. And, like, the only way to do it is, like, on a private jet. And then that's yeah. a cop-out. Because, yeah. like... That doesn't count. Yeah. Or on drugs. Like, I feel like I've never personally done meth. But I definitely think there'd be some, <laughs> like, some mathematics in there. Like, somebody be like, yo, you want to do this Wait. meth? And then next thing you know, you're like, boom, boom, two plus two plus meth equals sex on a plane. Like, you don't, like, you don't ever just, like, real sober. You're like, hey, honey, uh... I'm bored. You bored? <laughs> We're not doing much. I just finished this movie with The Rock. You want to, uh, you want to have sex real quick? <laughs> it's like, hey, we're, we're in seat 13. We're not even in first class. 
Yeah. <laughs> Can't get that done. No. I mean, I think the big thing, too, is sanitation. It's like, <laughs> I just feel gross for being in that bathroom. It's like... <laughs> oh, he's going with the bathroom. No, yeah, I was worried about back pain. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, walking around, I'm, I'm like coming out what of the you, plane stiff normally. You throw in some aerobic action in there, you're coming out there with scoliosis. I guess if you're going to do it in the bathroom, you got to do it early because by the end of the flight, that thing has seen, it is like a porta potty uh, on a job site. What do you mean at the end of the flight? The flight you're on, there were seven before that, and during the day. Yeah, you're like the seven. That. You're on the seven job site down. of the day. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah, so you guys almost met, and then I no, guess, we're best friends now. Yeah, we just okay. talked about the Mile High yeah, Club. Broke, broke the seal. So you're in the real estate game in Philly. Yep. Yeah. So how? Like what? Like how, are you just into real estate, or you do any other businesses? Yeah, it's just uh, real estate sales, and I'd say that's grown into. Um, some other opportunities. Um, I mean, the big thing with real estate sales is that, so I started in, should I dive into Dude, do whatever you run with it. man. All right, so I started in 2016, and then by 2017, I was uh, the number one agent on Antonio Atticon's team, who is uh, my biggest mentor in the business. And then 2018, started Advanced Philly with my business partner, Lawrence Resnick. And then... uh, that really took off, and then by uh, 2019, um, we helped our clients purchase and sell $85 million worth of inventory in the city, and then I'd say that has led to you know, buying homes, and then now I'm actually uh, renovating a two-story shell, adding a third story, having some complexities with that, and then uh, started investing with my developer clients, so... I'd say the one business has turned into a multitude and I'd say other streams of ancillary income. Yeah. You kind of yeah. like have fulfilled, like you just filled out. Yeah. It's kind of like you, you started bulking, like you started, you know, going to the gym and then like you started working out all like, it, you're no, not in a no, lot of almost, different businesses. You're almost like on steroids. Yeah, no, it definitely. <laughs> Some I, people start in real estate, like doing the builder aspect first, or they do the developer first. But you started as a as a sales agent, right? Is that kind of like how you got introduced to it, or like how did you find your way into real estate? So I got in real estate. My my background was in finance at Delaware, and going in Delaware University. Yep, University at, of Delaware. I'd say like I was a kid. Well, backtrack to high school. I, like, dicked around in high school, didn't really take anything seriously. My friends, uh, Layla and Shannon and Jen, actually did a lot of my work. And then on the weekends, <laughs> I, I would go and buy them alcohol. Or, um, like, I remember I had, like, a 12-page senior paper. I'm like, oh, well, Shannon, you work at Chick-fil-A, right? But you're a really skill- skilled writer. You're an AP lit. So rather than me write this paper, why don't I just pay you double the amount that you're making at Chick-fil-A, and you, then you can write this paper for me anyways so it was a win <laughs> <laughs> so so i i barely got through high school right university of delaware was the only school that i got into it's the only school that i applied to and at delaware i i thought in my mind okay i want to be successful all these guys that i'm playing golf with are very successful i want to do that too so your focus at that time younger francis was, was partying golf, and having golf a good and time having fun and then in college i thought i just flipped the switch of my brain and said hey i want to be successful so then like, it was that easy yeah it was pretty easy and i actually went out a fair amount 
it went out a fair amount, like especially even freshman year. I mean, you go to class for two, three hours a day. I, I don't think it's really like it's that. not hard. Yeah, yeah, it's not hard. I, I mean, so so I went from barely getting by in high school to my freshman year of college. Did all my own work. I got like a three point nine six GPA. Um, was that just because like you got there and you were like, I need to hunker down to be successful? Or do you think like the aspect of like living out there in an independent environment, and I'm assuming you went away to yeah, school. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like that independence, did that like foster any of this? Or would you think like the summer leading up, like walk, like walk me through like what that transition was? Oh, so the summer leading up, I actually, um, almost got my, uh, my, um, like me going to Delaware rescinded because I ended up, uh, going out there um, for a party and then I uh, ended up punching a stop sign and then I ended up getting an underage consumption on campus and I actually got arrested before by the you went to <laughs> before I went to school <laughs> <laughs> so basically what Francis is saying is he fucked around so much as a young person in high school that when he got to college he's like oh I've already done this fucking around time to get serious right yeah so the independence I mean it was just really like the same to me yeah I, I basically did whatever I wanted to and high school, I'd say the big thing is when I got to college, if I realized, hey, if I want to go be smart, I'm going to stop hanging out for a little bit with my friends who just dick around. I'm going to go make friends with the smarter kids who do really well in school. I would go add value to whatever they're doing. I'm paying attention the whole time in class, I'm turning my phone off, and then I just make sure I go to class. And if I don't understand something, I'll go email or talk to the professor, and I'm just going to study with the smartest kids. And I thought it was really easy. Yeah, so that damn that goes off of like I don't know who told me this, but I was pretty young when when I first like ingested this, and I'm it, I'm probably gonna give credit to my dad because we had a lot of talks, which impacted my future. And the one thing that he probably said was like, "You're the average of like you're the five people you spend the most time with." So. I was always in high school. I, you know, I, I went up and down in the quality of people I hung out with, but definitely college, later in college, post-college for sure, I definitely relate to, like, identifying that you need to be with a certain caliber of people in order to, like, what I call leveling up. 100%. Whether it's financially or education, like, you want to, like, whatever you're trying to do, you don't want to be hanging out with the people that aren't doing it. Right. Math. It just checks out. So you went from... So you went from college, you're studying, were you studying real estate in college or like, how did you transition into the real estate world yeah, so, from that? So it was finance and then, um, my senior year, so I interned at JP Morgan, realized that Delaware is a uh, middle of the road business school. And unless, you know, you networked a shit ton outside of school or your parent had some sort of connection, yeah. you're not getting a front office role out of the university of Delaware. University of Delaware feeds a bunch of people to the accounting firms, you know, great, great jobs doing like audit tax or uh, consulting. And, and then, so me, my senior year, I graduated a semester early. I interviewed with uh, Deloitte um, and I, I thought I was going to get a credit risk advisor in either Manhattan or uh, Persephone. I didn't get both jobs. I was kind of banking on getting that job. Right. So it's funny for Christmas that year, my little brother gets me a $15 iTunes gift card. I had like no idea what to do with it. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Let me get million dollar listing LA. So then I end up watching just a season of it while not doing anything. And uh, I have a buddy, Carlos, that owns his own brokerage here in the Northeast. 
picked his brain about it. Um, I had a friend in that did real estate in New York City, Lori. She was on Wall Street before, and then um, her manager at Nest Seekers is actually Ryan Serhant. And then I, I have a friend, Deanna, that works for a Rodeo Realty in Beverly Hills. Picked their brains about that market. What I liked about Philadelphia is the uh, investment and development opportunity and how affordable it was just getting started. So what year yeah. is this? Like, what year is your entry? Like, did you actually jump into the Philadelphia market? 20, 2016. I, I started my class, like, January 2016, and I got my license in two and a half weeks mm. and then just got rolling right away. He completely blows away the stigma that most agents have, right? Yeah. Like, I think this is really for good sure. for people to hear, and it's good for me to hear because I'm not a true believer of the middleman agent if they're not providing a lot of value for the clients, right? We get a lot of agents that, you know, represent clients or they represent uh, sellers or whatever it may be that they just kind of like interject themselves into the transaction to be relevant. And they're not doing it. And they're not doing it. No, they're, they're, like, they're basically mudding up the waters and actually making it more difficult. But you're taking the aspect of making connections, growing your business, finding your own investment property so that when your clients, when you go and search, you already have a track record of that in your own portfolio that you can then help them to grow, right? Yeah, I think before I'm going to push you out of the way a little bit and jump onto the grenade. Yeah, all the way. Fuck off. All the way. <laughs> what What is it like being like your profession as a realtor with that stigma that Jonathan's referencing, like the part-time realtor, like, there are no part-time lawyers. There are no part-time doctors. But there's very much like a segment of the reality market where like people have their hair done up fake on their business card, their picture from 12 years ago, and their like main function is they upload your property to MLS. Right. What do you do that makes you like a real realtor, for lack of a m more functional like ex like phrase or term? I'd say it's a multiple multitude of different things, and that would be a different answer for you know your retail home buyer, your retail home seller, you, your developer. So I'll give you an example for a home buyer. I I have a friend that works. She's a broker for CBRE, and then she ends up working with me. She wants to get a property under market value, so I um, take a look at a property on the MLS and I know by right, this has, it's a street to street lot. So you can get parking in the rear by right. I call one of my attorney friends just to verify that. And she says, yes, very likely you're going to get the parking for this. We're in a multiple offer situation. So I said, Hey, you know, it's not really worth losing this deal for five or $10,000 when the parking here is worth an additional 75 to hundred thousand dollars, especially when you can just redo the kitchen. I mean, you're looking at, $150,000 equity in the home once you, you know, do these cosmetic finishes. Another example, um, I have a seller that lives in Rittenhouse. He bought the house with me four years ago. Um, the buyer's inspector comes through. The, like, roofing, completely, the inspector said it completely had to get redone. Um, I, get, I get my roofer in there. He's able to do the whole job for $7,000. He doesn't get hit with a Rittenhouse premium. I, I have another client that um, he was super desperate to sell his place in East Kensington. It was a three-year-old house. They get a roofing quote, and it was 12000 bucks, and the buyer was 
super insistent on getting that. And that's like in East Kensington and Rittenhouse, you're getting the Rittenhouse premium for having worked on there. So I was able to get my seller essentially a developer or a builder price in center city. So if you just look at the amount of money that he saved by working with, with me, there was a value there. And uh, another example for a developer, I have two guys that started with me from like the North Jersey, New York city area um, started with me probably three years ago, um, started by just like pre had eight new construct started with one new construction pre-sold at just drywall before even hitting the market. And then I, I think I pre-sold like four out of the eight pre-market without hitting the MLS. And then that led to probably like another, I ended up sourcing a lot of their hundred units off market with my business partner, Lawrence Resnick. Lawrence, his dad's a GC. He GC'd like 80 homes in the last two years. So he gets a lot of off market deals and uh, adds value to our developer clients from like understanding L and I and just, you know, another set of eyes on the deal. Yeah, L and I being uh, land and inspections, license and inspections, license and inspections. My bad, there, drop. You're gonna correct it. You yeah, sorry. Right. Well, I wasn't correcting. I was e- yeah, no. extrapolating. Would you say that networking is your like number one uh, trait or characteristic that makes you successful? I I'd say like networking. I don't really like going to networking events just to meet new people i like doing the things that i like to do like right. I, I like to go play squash and i like to go play golf and i like to go work out at the fitler club and like instead of going and doing networking i just like to make friends with like one new person that i really like and create like a deeper relationship that way and i'd say like my specific real estate business even even today, like I, I probably have you know, 60 text messages and 50 unread emails. And I started the day at like 10 unread emails and zero text messages just because just in, in demand. And yeah, communications. Communications. yeah, no, I mean, when you can have a web of influence or whatever you want to call it, um, and you can be relevant to people and help people out, like it's amazing what opportunities come to you without you even like looking for them. Right, so like you just make a good relationship with someone, working out with them or whatever, and all of a sudden you're doing business with them, right? Because you guys like have similar things, similar drive and everything. Um, I think it's really interesting, but I also think it's gonna be a interesting, like next six months to a year in Philadelphia. Like, what do you have? You guys talked about like what the market's gonna be like when they because Philadelphia is still closed. Yep, for all intents and purposes, right? Um, what do you think it's gonna be like? when it opens back up. So let me just preface this. I was on a mastermind with Gary Keller, who I don't even know this, but he's worth $200 million. And it was with like 115 of some of his top agents in the country that are from like one. And you, you work with Keller Williams now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been with Keller. You have the access to him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll invite like certain groups to get on calls with them, but it was like, uh, it was like, a group of agents all around the country and the category you qualify for the call was from within like one, 1.5 to 2 million in gross commission income for your team. Right. So Gary was saying that anyone who says that they know something about, about like making any prediction about the market, you know, they're wrong because no one really knows. And people were yeah. 
purely speculating. So anyone that's saying that you know, makes th- me feel good, th- they think that by by June fifteenth, you know, gonna be gone. Th- this is going to open up. That yeah. they really have no idea what they're talking about, and he thinks that people are more optimistic when they say that, but no one in the country really knows. Yeah, we're definitely in a completely uncharted. I hear everything. Like I talked to a uh, sales agent today out of the Chestnut Hill area, and he's like, there's so much pent-up demand, and people are itching, and there's going to be multiple offer situations. But then I talked to somebody like maybe in Northern Liberties area, which is another up-and-coming neighborhood where it's like Chestnut Hill's a little more affluent. But you like Northern Liberties, and they're like, sales activity is like gone, and they are losing contracts because buyers lose lost their jobs. And so like it's very hit or miss, and I'm just, like you said, there's so much restructuring i think there's going to be a lot of opportunities out there that if you do have cash on the sideline you can really buy some developments and some land purchasing um and i'm sure you guys are in the, if i was in philadelphia in that space um we did that back in like 2010 11 and 12 where we actually fed off of that inventory for like five years oh wow That's like awesome. a long time so we backlogged as much cheap Land it was land banked and we just fed off of that for years and years and years and very successful um i mean have you guys like started thinking about like have you started to see like land or anything loosen up it's only been two months yeah it's yeah. only been two months I, I i've seen you know small parcels you know price decrease but i'd say in terms of the market you know they're it's still flying off the shelves i mean in april i identified a property off of like the 2000 block of Naudane in Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was like a 900 square foot lot. It was a three story house. It was, what's, I don't even remember 2,200 square feet with a deeded parking spot that has comps to support the value at 200,000. This is at 475,000 with I think seven offers on it. Right. Um, I mean, I, I, I think location, it, it location, went for 600,000, cash probably so it's a hundred twenty five thousand dollars over and, and i'd say one th- about like everyone guessing about philadelphia for yeah. philadelphia county so guaranteed rate is the is almost like your name brand most premier trusted home lender in the city of philadelphia what's it called guaranteed guaranteed rate okay they they've recruited like a lot of the best loan officers in the city to them but I, I think their loan volume last year was like a billion or two billion. I'm, I'm not sure. Don't That's a lot. Me on the number. But it's a lot. And and for like mortgages. Mm. Yeah, residential yeah. mortgages. Yeah, big number. So April of 2019 and April of 2020, in April of 2020, with the whole city being shut down, the I spoke with the manager, Jeff Angelucci. He said they did 80% of the purchase volume they did in 2019. So I'd say in Philadelphia, it's, it's certainly... It's only down 20%. With yeah, but I don't... I'd like to comment on that when you're done. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, it's down 20%, but if you're closing in April, that means all your documents were done in March before the shutdown. Fair. And they allowed closings to happen, and they allowed... Wait, that's for rate locks. So. Yeah, I know, but rate locks or agreements of sale or anything signed before that, I, a lot of that stuff was done in March. So the real true test when it's will be May. In my yeah. opinion, right? Like, uh, yeah, I think that also goes and and touches on like we all need to just wait a little bit longer. Yeah, for I'm sure. not I'm not an expert, but I'd like to think I am. Um, 
That's for sure. I would I would probably say my prediction of what we will see happening is around when school starts to go back. Primarily because like summer's always like that break where everybody, you know, even if you don't check out of reality, you still it's warm outside, girls are wearing dresses, you're holding the door for the dude at seven eleven. Like things are just better because it's nicer outside. Yeah. But like once everybody starts going back to school it's and like time for nobody business. goes back to school. Right. Because, like, I think they'll probably hold that until January, what they're talking right now. Nobody yeah. knows about that either. Like, if that, if that, like, you know, like, that system where it's, like, fall comes and then winter comes and then spring comes. Like, if school comes and it doesn't come. Yeah. Then like, I think people, that'll change. that'll start disrupting people a little bit. Um, and then we'll see, start seeing, like, maybe some price reductions or people getting a little nervous or, like, we'll see something. I don't know what it'll be, but maybe that's a that'll be the trigger. But I also want to touch on like what he said about being on the phone with like um, Keller or, you know, his experience. It's very anecdotal. Um, I prefer to try and be the best at what I do. And I, what little I do know about Francis, it does seem like you try and cultivate that like same environment. So when you're talking to someone like that about like the outlook, you're dealing with the top percentile. So like they're oh, not yeah. I don't think that those people or maybe Francis like maybe gets affected a little bit, but he's probably going to still be selling houses compared to Karen in Bucks County who coaches her kids softball team, yeah. basketball team, soccer team, also like well, is I part-time guess, I guess realtor. The, the so best like it's way like to say what you're saying everybody is everybody has a different experience. Everyone has their own yeah. story, sphere and story and, and, and depends on who you hang out with. Yeah. And your income class and your income level and like for you like the type of transactions you do and for us, the 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 price point of the homes we sell, everything has kind of its own thing. And there's definitely going to be areas that are affected more and affected less. That could be just me, me trying to make myself feel better. I could literally just be wasting all of your time right now just for me to hear this so that I feel a little bit better. Uh, that's not true. I feel great about the future, honestly. <laughs> if, if we're going to be honest, like yeah, I'm no. pretty, I'm pretty you, optimistic you, you, about I it. I think we're all in control of like, we're all in control of our mood and our attitude. And if you have a positive attitude and a good mood, people, you know, people attract around you and you keep doing fun, cool stuff. Right. I'd like to hope so. So are you still like, what are you doing now that you can't go to the Fittler club? Like that's obviously closed. Like, yeah. So I, I'd say that like coronavirus has actually been really good for our, business um advanced philly and my own personal sales i'd say like just a prelude before coronavirus my lifestyle has completely changed i mean i was getting up at 5 30 to 6 30 in the morning getting a workout and then you know basically being at the fitler club all day in our office and i was having you know breakfast lunch dinner out with clients friends just uh you know people in general and then that went from just being trapped inside for two weeks before i left california and i'd say before i left one of the reasons why i left i literally left like spontaneously on a whim i was definitely feeling slightly depressed and i'm just thinking man i need to get the hell out of here and i'm lucky that i have you know really good friends and family that are out in california yeah yeah i would say like i don't know much about like your daily activities but if you're saying what you're describing like happens when you remove everything that you're used to out of your life it's like boom that's a shock like you had to like almost like okay i gotta cook now how the hell do i cook or like reset you had to like reset your life and like figure out like 
what was important, and I think we've all kind of done that. You just cut out the crap out of your life. You, you know, Andrew was talking earlier, you're just cutting the bullshit out. Like everyone just starts to trim the bullshit, and then you're left with a lean machine. Lean machine. I and companies agree. do that too. Like companies are cutting out. They're realizing who doesn't work and who works. It's like, wow. You transitioned to that imperfectly, and if you didn't say something, I was like, because everybody's like, trimming their lives and it's like, throwing it's like, more dude, trash Ted, out, spring cleaning. It's like Ted. What did Ted do? <laughs> Ted's been at home for like two weeks and he never nothing's came changed. He hasn't even logged on to the computer, right? So like, oh, leave Ted alone. You leave, you live, you leave Ted alone. <laughs> but yeah, every Ted. every company's realizing. Well, typically who our did what typically are the person we pick on at our company is Jerry. Jerry's a fictitious. Jerry's a field guy. Ted, yeah, he's our in-house guy. guy. Jerry's a guy, so, like, if somebody really messes something up or somebody forgets to order something, instead of, a, like, this is, it's actually my brother invented this. He, his, his name was Billy, and then it became Jerry. But, like, instead of being mad at, like, the person on the team when you're on a small team, it's, like, everybody knows who messed up. And then it's, like, very easy. You see this in pro athletes, like, when they get, like, set off their base. Like, you, if they get on a losing streak, then you get, like in that bad rhythm. So instead of blaming the person or making them feel bad, we were just like, God damn it, Jerry. <laughs> like you, you, you can't order shit. Like yeah. you just mess everything up. Like, and everybody would laugh and like, do we just move on? Like just solve the problem and move on. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah. So whenever, if, if, if you ever listen to this podcast and I'm like, God damn it, Jerry, like it's just, Jerry doesn't actually exist even though we hate him so much. Yeah. I mean, have you guys, yeah, it could be sensitive conversation, but have you guys like trimmed any fat off your team that it, or are you guys trying to like, or did you guys like have a lean team before? I mean, you guys have employees, right? Yeah. So um, one of the things that we realized is that um, our employees, I mean, Alicia and Emily, definitely like the best that I've seen around. So, you know, they're operating at 100% pay. pay and then I uh, kind of take away from Gary Keller's call. Ga Gary Keller had like Stephen Cunningham on and he, they basically said like, for your company, go and trim the fat. But if you have like A players, your A players are like the bone that's running your company. So you don't want to cut the bone. Anyone that's yeah. that you can build an organization around, you keep them. So I've I like that. I've been, on the in, bus. I've been incredibly proud of, you know, my team and the agents. Everyone's been stepping up. I say I'd say where we did cut um where we did cut, we did do slightly cut marketing and advertising and uh, office space. We were paying a lot of money for office office space and uh, like the meals and the entertainment and all that and the fun. Like that's definitely been cut. So uh, yeah, we're actually. I mean, I I'd say before to where we were running a a business that was probably like losing money because we were spending so much. Now we can actually you know take the time rebuild build the lean machine and now we're going to have a more profitable company. Right. Yeah, so I do like, I love how like, dude, can we hang out more? Yeah. Dude, it's just like every, if you, if you got to come to the city though. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. We're fine with that. We yeah, got grenades. Is we got grenades yeah. and swords, dude. We're good. And our GPS is work. Yeah. Um, no, but it's cool to see, like hear you talk about the past and then talk about now and how quickly you like identify problems. Maybe not problems or 
like challenges in front of you and how quick you adapt. Like the Corona thing happened and you're like, I, I'm, I need an adjustment. Like I need to like reset. I need to figure this out emotionally, physically. Cause if like my mental's not in check, nobody's going to be, this isn't good for anybody. Yep. So you took care of that real quick. Uh, like took care of the marketing real quick, downsizing the you know office. Like you just seem like, now instead of being like oh we lost our cool offices or you know we those instagram ads are really cool we worked hard on those you're like you know what we're trimming out we're leaning now we got the lean machine now you got a cool name like it just seems it's just like i wish more i think what we need to do to kind of like rescue the whole corona situation because like there's like an air of negativity as a country yeah forced positivity yeah like if i just start shoving positivity down your throat all day long and then you do it and then he does it and then the next person doesn't, and then everybody's yeah, you, just like, you may be forcing positivity, even though you're not being positive. Like on internally, you got to force the positivity to turn yourself around to be positive. You right? have to be positive. Like, like for instance, like you I was, f- I've been struggling probably the same way he was. Like my whole, I was very regimented. I'm still am, and yeah. my whole schedule got ruined. Like yeah. I, I, at each hour of the day, I knew what I needed to do. Gym, this, bah, bah, bah. And all those things are canceled till further notice. Canceled. Like there was probably a two, probably two week period of time where like, <laughs> you know, it. you were like diagnosing me. You were like, Hey man, you need to just stop doing emails. Cause nobody's doing emails. I don't know why you're <laughs> checking emails. Like just relax. Like just figure yeah. it out next week. Go yeah. buy a bow and arrow. Like yeah. we'll golf soon. Like it's like, and then, like, once I got through that, now I'm back on and I'm, like, identifying all of these. Like, a lot of people have, like, the issues that are presented in front of them, like, for, like, the media or whatever, whatever have you. But, like, the issues that I identify right now is, like, one, you can't see anyone's face anymore. So, like, I'm, like, smiling at people trying to be positive, like, forcing myself to be positive through, through so I can feel better. And nobody can see me you smiling see at them. So I've been, like, saying random shit to people, like, just to get them to laugh a little bit. Like, yeah. Just, like, I think that, like, we need to start thinking about, like, I was being negative, too, like, and not even realizing it. So, Jonathan put me in check. Like, my outward, like, just how I was just presenting myself, like, on social media or everything was, like, I was just, like, run down. And, like, I realized I was, like, that's just, like, the, it, I can't be a, a part of that process No, it was, that, a, it was that a, process a projection anymore. of internal. And I was struggling. Yeah, I mean, well, we, all, we all struggled. So, trust me, I still, I still, str- I struggle so much, you know, and then just, I struggle over many different things, but I think the Andrew, whole teachers union is trying to kill you. I've been trying to hide you all true. day. Dude, I, I, just for, <laughs> What's for, going on there? I, I made an Instagram post where, and, and I guess this is the form I could talk about it. Cause you I could got, just I long dent. Yeah. I can long dent. So basically I'm sitting there. It's like, okay, you get the property tax and the school tax bill in the mail. Right. And I watch parents, teachers, every parent's become a teacher and every teacher has become a stay-at-home parent and a teacher. And I watched the toll that it's taking on on family. Like, it's taking a toll on people's family. Like, they don't realize, like, the amount of work that they're giving the kids a day. And, again, I got to preface it. I don't do the schoolwork with the kids. So I'm only taking right. off pieces that I get during the most, like, negative conversations about the school. So... The quality of the schoolwork. It's just like the, the schoolwork is like multiple, mo- like the kids could open up their school assignments and have 75 items for the day. It's like, geez, 
75 items. What happened to that book called The One Thing, right? Like, <laughs> let's work on The One Thing today. Like, so they got 75 items, and, you know, it may be computer games or math problems or whatever it is. So it's like, like 75 different assignments? Yes. It's not like 75 math problems. No, it's like 75 different assignments. And, like, some are very simple. They take two seconds. Some get complicated. But then you also have, like, in our household, you have whatever. So I made the statement that maybe if school maintains closure into the fall, is there some sort of tax credit that you could give to families that they could maybe hire a Zoom tutor or hire somebody from Zoom to like come teach? Or is there yeah, some maybe online maybe source? Maybe, you, maybe you buy different computers and all that. And I made a story about it, maybe the delivery, but... On my street, there are eight teachers <laughs> on my street. He sent me a picture, and there's women outside like, and a guy with a pitchfork like and a fire. And I was like, John. I walked outside, and it was. I didn't realize it was Teacher Appreciation Week either. There was a parade for there the teachers. There was a parade for the teachers the next day. And I walk outside for the parade, like, ready to go. And everyone's like, get back inside, you John, we hater. don't want you, you teacher you hater. teacher hater, we fucking hate you. Like, oh, my God, look at him. He hates the teachers. We'll get you your tax credit, buddy. Yeah, and I was just like, I, I had to face the music. And then the very next day. Did you repent? Like, what did you do to well, like to make them feel better? I, well, I, basically, I stood on my curb and I shouted out to everybody. I didn't mean teachers weren't doing their jobs. I'm saying that because of the strain that the school district is trying to force education down their throats, down kids' throats, and nobody really has any clue what, what kind of curriculum they should teach, that maybe there's a solution to help parents in some sort of tax credit. What and that definitely makes sense. But like what to, connection uh, did know. you draw to say, like, that tax credit led to them losing? I maybe said something that they were assigning busy work or whatever okay. it may be. Like, <laughs> but again, I don't think it's Which isn't false, in it, your it, opinion. It's not. Are you allowed to have an opinion? You know what you are allowed to have? A goddamn podcast. Yeah, but... Back but, to Francis. But the next... <laughs> one more. So then the next day, to add on top of the birthday cake of doom, there was a birthday party, and it was at 2 o'clock. Yeah. And we were singing to our neighbor's kid. And I got a call from... Six feet away, though. Yeah, everyone was... I got a call about some infiltration testing going on on a new job site. And I get this engineer on the call. And he's never going to listen to this. So he's like this dorky engineer. He's like trying to talk to me about the soil report. I'm trying to get my socks and shoes on. I got someone... My wife apparently was yelling at me like, you got to get outside. You're going to miss the birthday party. And so when I walk outside... I walk out in the middle of, like, the end of the song. And my, now my daughter's pissed because she missed the birthday song. My son's like, huh, Dad, we're late. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and then everyone's like, oh, there you go, John, not even caring. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, I was like, shit's gone from bad to worse. So those are quarantine nightmares. But anyway. Um, <laughs> So. I just wanted I just wanted John to have the chance to to clear his name on on, <laughs> on a like, on a public platform because 15 seconds on a story was only just getting him in more and more was, trouble. It, Every story was just doubling down. <laughs> and came, the next the next one was him like was him like I'm real sorry guys I didn't mean to upset you I just really thought I just really and he's just like no I don't have any of my own thoughts I'm sorry guys yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there was and like, then my wife goes to me the next day and she's she's right she goes. Look, you, you have a lot of people watching your Instagram stories, whether it's business or personal. <laughs> 
And she's like, you have very powerful, like, personality. And, like, you can affect people very negatively or you can affect people very positively. And, like, that coincided with, like, Andrew being like, I got to be more positive. And then I was like, oh, man, I got to be more positive. So, like, we've turned no. into leaf. I, I mean, to To defend I, John, he told me to be more positive. Well, you do true. Like, I'm not going to take any credit for that because usually I can muster up my own yeah. inner energy. But I, sh John was like, hey, hey, <laughs> he was like, yeah, the Instagram stories. Well, what I, what's up? What I would say to um, agree with what JT put out on the podcast is there's definitely, I have friends or know friends of friends that are teachers and, you know, they're all, you know, getting super blacked out at the bars. And then it's like, <laughs> I don't even know how this person gets paid to educate children. And, you know, when you, when you go advocating about, oh, you know, our teachers just assigning busy work for the sake of assigning busy work, I'm thinking in my head. I, I could definitely see that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we all experienced that. I went to public school. There was yeah. like, I struggled with the, like I identified busy work early in life because I would be like, all right, two plus two equals four. This plus this equals not worth anything to me. Why are you making me do it? And then I'd be like, I'd be like, Hey Brett, this is bullshit. And then like, be like insane a riot. And like now when you get up as an adult, like I am even worse. Like he was telling how I wanted to like cut the bull. Like I'm literally like, if you bring any air of waste to me, I'm just quick to be like, Hey, like, mm, like let's just straight to the point. Like I'll interrupt people be like, no, 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 come on. And like people, like, I don't mean to be rude about it or anything like that, but I'm like, Hey, like, let's just, like we like let's go let's go let's go next yeah. thing next thing i'm fine with like bullshitting and having it around but sometimes it's just like i don't want to hear what the mistake was or how you're sorry about it i just want to get i want to get it solved onto the next thing and then like with what you're doing now, like you it's hard for yeah. you to come home at the end of the day see your wife who's now hundred percent all day long responsible for three maniacs <laughs> and the dogs and now she's the teacher uh, it's it's a uh, so well, like then she's then the age group is like you don't have kids that are close enough that like you can teach one of them multiplication introducing one of them to multiplication and then have one like you know chewing on the foot of a couch yeah like, I got you got uh, a wide group yeah I got I got a but the teachers on my street like they're all older they have kids no one's getting blackout drunk they are trying like. Uh, Sunday, we were all <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> They're really trying the, not to. And, like, one of them was on the computer all day, like, setting up lesson plans and that. So they, they are putting in the effort. I just think the school districts, some are set up for online education. Philadelphia, not set up at all. Right. So, like, if your friends were were teachers in Philly. I don't know where they teach. Uh, but they they definitely. God help their students. Yeah, God help their students. But I know that the teachers, and we have a, we have you know, I'm a principal in my neighborhood, and they're all, like, trying to figure out how to provide the best value and working really hard. But I'm just thinking if this thing goes into the fall until they get, I don't know who said it. I think somebody smart said it on TV, <laughs> on TV. You're probably smart. They said, they said, <laughs> if you don't get the schools back in the fall, you can go ahead and just kiss society goodbye. Right. Cause it's just, it's just such a part of schooling. Like if you don't get kids back to school, the parents who did have jobs that are now teaching kids, they can't go back to work. Yeah, right. but and then isn't it just starts to like, isn't there a problem with that though? Fundamentally, like if school represents a part of society that just occupies people's time so other people can just serve meaningless job not meaningless jobs, but like can just <laughs> so I always do dude, I use the word meaningless so much. But like if your job's meaningless, meaning like 
at the end of the day, you hate your job or like, you're just like, uh, not, like you're not, that's not fulfilling. Like you, anybody can identify regardless of me putting my foot in my mouth. Anybody can identify when somebody comes home fulfilled in what they're doing, regardless if you're the lunch lady, the realtor, firefighter, whatever you're doing, you're fulfilled. Yeah. But like, we're just creating busy work so that the parents can just, just do their jobs. Like, why, why isn't school, like, its own thing? Like, why isn't school... I don't think school is looked at as important. Like, we're not educating any of these kids, clearly. They're, they've we're, all gone into a system. It's and just, so, like, put the kids in school so the parents can go to work. It's like, no. Send the kids yeah. to school so they can learn something. It is very is difficult with, I believe, and I'm not an expert, but I believe with the Department of Education and their standardized testing that some presidents set up in the past... They can no longer freelance teach. So they have to teach them standards because if they don't reach the testing standards. Yeah, but now we're. So li- they literally teach them all day long how to pass the tests. And they don't get. And that's why public school and homeschooling is becoming more popular. Because if you look what these kids teach, they're basically programming them like in computer engineers of like of zeros and one one zero one zero 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 one 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 like they're teaching them how to program because if you learn how if they if you if you find out how they teach them how to do math like eight plus seven we learned a table it's 15 they teach them if you have seven how many does it take to get to 10 and so then they take three away from eight and they get to 10 and it goes whatever's left subtract that from 20 and that's your number. So they're teaching them three different ways to get to the same solution through the same problem, which all that's doing is like making their brain function. And I don't know what the science behind all that is. Anecdotal. What's for that? Your private school? school? Yeah. No, that's not private. It's public school. No, I don't think it's anecdotal. I think it's school district to school district and state to state. That so, but w- I see. I mean, I I will say that I don't have kids. I'm not educating kids. I'm not responsible for kids. And I don't know any kids. But basically, you can't comment. Yeah, so, but what I want to know is, like, what is the difference between, like, the, like, w- like when you're teaching them and it's all standardized. Now we have an opportunity with, like, the coronavirus and the home and everything. Like, now, now we can open up the conversation again and, like, revisit education, perhaps. Because I know I struggled with school because, like, I would have been better off, like, outside learning machines or something like that. And then I would learn machines and then I'm like, Oh, I have to learn chemistry. Like it would have been better for me than being in a classroom. Like maybe this whole like kids not going to school is a win for us. Yes. Ki- some kids won't win from this. You know, and that's what you're talking about. It's like, we need to create this. I don't see what I'm saying is like, the reason I want to talk about this is because I don't think you're wrong. We need to do something now to help those kids or like give the computers or the you, whatever to you, make the, Parents that aren't teachers already, better teachers. We should have a teacher on. We'll keep them anonymous, but we yeah. should have a teacher on to talk well, about. Well, this is also important because he, like, yeah. I was watching his TED talk earlier, Dude. and he was speaking a lot yeah. about like mentors and like how he talked. Like you were, you were still like you were golfing with your one professor at the end of like your college, yeah, like season, like that. Like, I I think teachers still can have an impact. Like I had a teacher that had an impact on me, right? Like a golf coach that had a really like positive impact. He was also a government coach. Like a go- he was the government teacher, mm. so he taught us history. And then when we got older, he taught government. And he was also the golf coach. So I learned a lot about government through that. 
And I think that was very helpful for me to understand. Like, if I didn't learn that stuff, like, you talk to a lot of people now, and they have no idea how the electoral college works, right? But if you, I don't think they teach that much in school. I mean, no, yeah, probably not. I don't know. I don't, I don't, think any, I don't know yeah, anything I don't about know. school. Yeah, but would you like, so like when you were golfing with, like, how often would you golf with your professor? Like, when did you, when did that start? So, yeah, Peter's, you know, still a good friend of mine to this day. I mean, one thing that he actually, probably has like eight or nine companies but one thing that's just super he's one of the sharpest you know most successful smartest guys that i know but uh he recently started this so he has like eight or nine different companies but he just started this e-commerce business and like his first year doing it it's gonna be his most profitable business do you think that's because of like the repetitions from the other business yeah i mean i'd say repetitions you know he's experienced in business he's really smart and uh I think he's seeing some synergies with his other company. Mm. And yeah. uh, I think he just hit a niche in where mm-hmm. he has, like, a younger guy running it. And, uh, yeah, he's going to do, like, $50 million in revenue with, with the company. Mm. Damn, Damn, you, how, better, you better be playing a nicer golf course now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How common do you think it is that people, when they have multiple businesses, like, how common is it that they're stacked vertically versus, like, horizontal businesses which are like not related i don't know because i don't really i mean i mean, I deal with mainly real estate guys and that's all vertically stacked either. yeah they're all vertically stacked i don't know in terms of like tech or mm. you know other industries if you had to do have you ever thought about going into another industry or expanding into another real estate market maybe like an advanced, he's got the youtube channel advanced now. philly in new york city or la like do you see yourself staying in philadelphia i mean uh, so i actually just got my la license uh did you do that while you were out there while i was in california so the so march was the guy, slowest by far he was taking a, guy, a break but still getting a break real estate. but then got a real estate license in la like genius yeah, and i sold eight properties while i was out there too <laughs> <laughs> get this man a tv show <laughs> No, that's pretty funny. So you sold eight properties while you're out there. Yeah, you didn't know anybody. Like how no, 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 no. Eight properties in Philadelphia. Oh, oh, well, it was dude. out there oh, for me. Wow. For me, it was I actually followed. very. I was tracking. I was not tracking. It was very productive being in LA because I'd still wake up there on East Coast time. I'd wake up at like five thirty. Yeah. And then by the time, I mean, especially in March, by the time I got to two, I mean, everything was done, and I wouldn't be getting phone calls like after five eastern time i'm gonna so, tell a story ooh, I'm that's gonna, an interesting I'm gonna, idea i'm gonna tell a story about f- freddie hey, i'm actually uh i i'll tell him i i mean <laughs> this thing in la just like really scared the shit out of me with they're gonna be on lockdown for another three months but i'm I actually i'm gonna get a place in la this winter and i'm just gonna try spending the winter out there and see where it goes but, not not but, according to Elon Musk, man. He's like, arrest me, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm opening back up. Right. Elon's yeah. not to be messed with. No, that guy probably has more power than most people in the country. Absolutely. Uh, I would say he has Elon's, rocket ships. Dude, I think Elon is smarter than Bezos, Bill Gates. Like, I, Elon doesn't get caught up in any of that extra BS. Elon does what's important to him which is changing the world for real. Bill yeah. Gates is like, I want to change the world with the virus. We're no, going to... Bill, Bill Gates work. changed the world for real. One time. With Microsoft. One time. Well, one sustained time. Okay, how in, many times has wait, Elon wait, wait, done wait, Hold on. And then he couldn't get enough influence anymore in Microsoft, so he came up with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, right? I think that came out of your mouth. It didn't work. Um, it didn't work. But 
Um, no, I was. You have guys like Virgin, like the Virgin Mobile guy. Maybe Elon. I mean, I don't know. Bezos nope, not is even the close. Rich. Okay. Not even close to the intelligence of Elon Musk. Elon Musk has created, like, he's creating that, like, underground tunnel thing. Yeah, but now that he's moving out of L.A., he doesn't need the underground tunnel. That's fact. I mean, what I'm saying, what I'm saying <laughs> is like Bill thing. Gates, Bill Gates, yes, created Windows. The Melinda, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is pales in comparison to like the innovation of Tesla. Like we'll look, we'll look it's back. It's making a bigger impact. Yeah, we'll look. The world. We'll look back at what Elon did, and we'll look at him like we look at Benjamin Franklin. We'll look at Bill Gates like. He made a bunch of money. He he made it. It was he was a he was a successful guy that created software. I understand your point. I think using Bill Gates as the contra example to Elon might not be the the best, best analogy. Analogy bullshit. I'll pull, dude. My man here has a lot of Instagram followers. We'll do a survey. Bill Gates versus Elon. Elon's got him in half a fight. The, He's got him on SATs. Speak, He's half got of them him. Don't even speak English. They're not going to understand the question. <laughs> Just. What, he got Russian bots or something? <laughs> that that wouldn't be a bad idea. You should do that. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I but prop up your Instagram following with some Russians. I don't think Elon, yeah, Elon is not to be fucked with, and I agree. He also changed. I'm not. I, I'm not bashing Elon at all. I agree with you. Elon's badass. I also think Bill Gates has also invented the way to wear the button down and the sweater at the same time. Oh God. That is a big move. Power power country club move. Button down and a sweater at the Dude, same time. He, that he is rock, a power country he club. He is rocking that button down sweater combo in what, his What, like Mr. Rogers? He, he is rock, he's brought the Mr. Rogers back, but he wears the same. Every time he's on TV, he's in his bunker, and he's got, like, the perfect background, which may or may not be real, but he's got. He just bought a $40 million house in San Diego. Yeah, I called it out that. online. But that's got to be, like, for somebody, not him. Yeah, yeah probably. It's probably he lives in Seattle, right? Yeah, he's in his bunker, which who knows where that is. Right <laughs> he's there. He might not even be in Seattle. Right. They're talking about the, all these bunkers in the islands of, like, of the Medi- Have you heard about those? Mm-hmm. In New Zealand, there's a lot of bunkers in New Zealand. Fallout bunkers or whatever you call them. Oh wow! Yeah, so can we 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 should partner up on a deal? You sell a house with a bunker or like a fallout shelter or something like we that. Build we'll one. build it. We want to build one we so bad. <laughs> we want to build a fallout bunker. We should or fallout bunker shelter. I'm sure you can get that. Like, aren't there a lot of like ten thousand square foot homes here? Like, why not just dig out a basement and do something? Oh no, crazy? but I don't know. We need the client. We need right. the we need the real we need a real a real realtor to bring us the right client. Yeah, verified lead bunker. It's not gonna be Francis comes to the burbs. (laughs) Hey man, you're going to Cali. We'll go to Cali. Think how fast you could drive a fast car out here. (laughs) You know, you can let that you can let that thing open up. The thing is, is you got to park it in the city. My brother's car has oh my god, tons of uh, what kind of car is it? Nissan Altima. Good city car. Good city car. It is a good city car. But but yeah, you gotta you gotta expect dents and dings and scratches. When you go, I don't. I can't take my truck. In when city. I yeah, when <laughs> I when I moved I to the problems. city, I had a black F two fifty diesel. The first when I first first moved to the city, and my ex girlfriend's uncle was selling a nineteen ninety five uh, Dodge Ram fifteen hundred, and it had like two hundred at the time two hundred forty thousand miles on it. But this guy was like a mechanic for a career, like a real deal mechanics so like i knew this car was really old taken care of 1500 right. bucks i think do we call it walker texas ranger because that's what uh what's his name drives on that show uh, chuck norris 
Dude, we beat the crap out of this car. Septibus took the mirror off on one side the first <laughs> oh, week. Like, but I didn't have to drive my nice truck into the city. Yeah. I would like park it at my mom's house or something and then drive. And I'm so grateful I did that. Because yeah. you always hear people talk about parking in the city. It but like sucks. I was from the suburbs. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's par- t- parking in the city is tough. I've heard about it. Dude, <laughs> you, you the damage you, that came yeah. to that car, man, I was like. Ooh. And sometimes you can't even park near your house. Like you're four or five blocks away from your own fucking house. Like, right. It just. Dude, one time Septa moved my car, or like somebody moved my car to pave it, to like pave the streets. Oh, or, or no, there was a there was like a, it was parked on one of those like kind of streets, not and they had they wanted to have a carnival, like it was like a street Latin fair. car, yeah, like a little mini street fair, maybe forty people in attendance. Dude, it took I do I re- I had the car like I was like it's got to be stolen, like it's they're like no, nah, we moved over here. I mean, I'm driving up and down <laughs> all the streets looking <laughs> for this my thing, car, and I don't have like a beeper or anything, right. so I literally just have to find oh, this shit. car like out in the dude. It took I remember it took me all day. My eyes got coronavirus. I got a problem. Yeah, it's kind of odd. They make you wear masks, but no eye protection. They apparently, you get <laughs> couldn't you get eye. couldn't get some corona in the Look eye? My you eye, can dude. get dude. HIV in the eye. Look can't get eye. can't you get corona in the eye? So you live in the city, city. Yep. Like, uh, like Rittenhouse. What in, part of the city? In Graduate Hospital. In Graduate Hospital. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then I have a, uh, I have an office at the, or I have an apartment that I use as my office in the Atlantic Building. Okay. Is that yeah. new, or you've always had that? The I got it like April of last year. Okay, but you've still been going to Fitler Club. Yeah. Yeah. What is the Fitler Club? It's like a union league for people who don't want to wear fancy. Sports jackets. Oh, okay. Nice. I mean, I guess. What is the Union League? I don't know. You're. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. But the uh, it's, it's just fi- a city fi- club, right? Yeah. Fiddler so club. it's like they Fiddler have business nice. offices. Yeah, they've opened up this extravagant thing. I think it's done by Dranoff and his kid mm. in one of Dranoff's buildings. So like, you don't know how those finances work because I don't know how the finances work of the Fiddler no. They club. just put their name on the building. I, uh, they're trying to run like a Michelin star restaurant out of it and they're struggling. They've gone through like three or four chefs, but what restaurant? I think they'll get there in the Fittler club. It's uh, it's not a restaurant. I guess it's kind of like country club food, but, uh, since Mark Vetri took it over, the food's been awesome. Much better. Yeah. Hey, I'd mm-hmm. say like, oh, like so they much do with better, the but it's with a celebrity chef. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the food's been incredible. Like I, there's just a lot. They're trying to be union. Like do yeah, they have. Do they have cheesesteak egg rolls with spicy ketchup? Cheesesteak egg rolls with spicy ketchup. No, that's uh, I'm trying to think. Step of where your I have fucking that. game up, Fiddler Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, that's cool. So you you joined the Fiddler Club just because like you needed to go to a gym, and there was a little bit of networking, and they had the restaurant and the amenities there. Like, what, why why pick the Fiddler Club over like the cricket or ra- like all the other ones? So cricket, I actually uh, was in the process of. Um, submitting an application, and then I realized, oh, I'm not really going to be playing that much golf, and mm. I don't really have a car, so I'd have to Uber <laughs> all the way out. And golf is, you know, you you go and get lunch at the course, and then you're warming up, and then you go and play a five-hour round of golf, and then you're grabbing drinks after. It ends up being a whole-day thing, whereas Fiddler Club, I, I think it's more of like a place to socialize, and there's office space. I joined because... Uh, my cousin's a member at Equinox in New York. Absolutely love it. And uh, I've been to Soho House a couple times in New York, and I feel like it was kind of like that vibe combined. And, I mean, the finishes are just spectacular. Yeah. So I love it. I would say Fiddler Club's really cool. I mean, I'm not bashing them. I just – it's like a WeWork, 
with a country club aspect. It's actually the offices there are like really that. nice. That sounds nice. The offices are really nice. Yeah, right? the offices cool are awesome. workspace. So you host like offices. you'll host like clients. Yeah. More important meetings there, or do you just find like a little? Do they have like cubicles and stuff like that? You just like pop up in a little workout. Yeah, so we, we had a seven person office, and then could rent out conference rooms, and it's it's nice. They had like some crazy like espresso machine, like organic teas and snacks, like all complimentary. All the bougie yuppie stuff that you would expect. Yeah, huh? La Colombe on draft. Um, oh, yeah, but of course. Yeah, but I actually course. speaking of the the uh, on draft La Colombe. The <laughs> Ariel saw in my car the other day that I had like bought some Starbucks ones, and Ooh. she was like, "Do you know how much sugar is in this?" <laughs> and literally, I go back to our house. We're redoing our kitchen right now, so we're crashing at my mom's house. And I go back to the house, and there's boxes stacked up in front of the door. I'm like, "What did she order?" And I open it up, dude. There's like 108 La Colombe draft cans. <laughs> <in front of laughs> big, big, Those are big good. Guy. Yeah, yeah. Actually, what I've been hooked on is the bulletproof coffee. Bulletproof coffee. Is that what you? What no, do you use? Black I, rifle. No, I no, I did uh, Death Wish. Oh, Death Wish. Death you know how I found Death Wish was uh, <laughs> a dude from Barstool. El Prez was doing an unboxing, and Death Wish sent him a giant crate of coffee, like as big as that vanity over there, and he couldn't oh, lift wow. it. He's like, "Who the fuck would send it?" He opens it up, and it's just like a whole crate of stuff. But that coffee was pretty good. It's kind of expensive though. It's like almost a dollar a cup. Yours is bulletproof. Sounds like a lot. Bulletproof. Yeah, bulletproof. That sounds violent. And apparently, bulletproof is like really, really good for you. They have this, this product called a, like Brain Octane. How do you make it? Is it like a K cup or is organic. it like no? It's a press. Um, it's kind of like those cans of La Colombe. Oh. I guess they're like pretty low sugar, low. Yeah, additives. every it's like natural, organic. I'll have to check whatever. It's pretty pretty expensive. It's like five bucks a thing. I've actually got to go to... It's got to be good for you then. Yeah, it's really good for you. And then the website, apparently, if you do... If you subscribe to it and you order it, you put it on like auto ship, they'll give you like 20% off. So that's on my to-do list. That's on my to-do list to... Do. Set up the bulletproof coffee. Yeah, because I, I mean, I. I you would think we were things. sponsored by bulletproof because that was a perfect transition, <laughs> perfect ad read. I'm gonna cut you out talking about this. And you better believe I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna hit. You, if you think I'm not gonna email them, let's. We'll we'll, so we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. So for those of you listening, like if you want to create opportunities for yourself, ask. Honestly, yeah. like we've we've heard Francis talk about it a few times here. Like, yeah. if you just like, and social media has created this world where you can literally get in touch with almost anyone. If and you're I think persistent enough, you Tim can get hold of anyone and everyone. Yeah, yeah. Tim Ferriss probably in his book, uh, the Four Hour Work Week, yep. will explain how to do it better than anyone else can. But the long and the short of it is, is like you go to someone's Instagram and they've got a million followers. Go to their LinkedIn. Yeah. Message them on LinkedIn. Chances are they respond to you. I don't, check, they, I don't check LinkedIn. All right. Well, yeah. if you want to get in I, touch with Francis, who doesn't have a million you know followers, but he's just short. what LinkedIn is? What? You log on, and they're like, oh, you want to make connection with Joey? Yeah. Tim, it just Fred, gets Bob, really Are you sure? Would you, you sure? like to work? Sure? Would, would you like, you like to congrat work? Melissa on her oh, one-year like work what? anniversary? Yeah, it's it's like, where's the homepage? Bring me back. You know what's crazy, though? With with what Andrew said about, like, um, social media creating opportunities. Yeah. I was out in LA and I think I put up a picture and then I had a producer from the bachelorette hit me up and like ended up going on a phone call and she was basically like, yeah, you should apply for the show. Don't. 
<laughs> but seriously, no, I, did, uh, I did for apply. What? Bachelorette? Bachelorette. God, nah. go on there. Do That'd it. Great. Do it, man. I cannot <laughs> wait to watch that. I was that. saying don't because I'm jealous. You'd be, no, the, you, it's actually you'd be like the only three. you'd be the only dude on there be like, fuck it, I ain't doing any of this. Yeah, <laughs> right. You'd be like working out by yourself, doing your own thing. He's like, where'd Francis go? I don't know. He's like rented some car and he's like driving <laughs> around. Everyone else is like trying to get this girl and Francis is like running away. She'd be like, oh, Francis, where do you... Hold on, I just sold this house. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he'd wind up with a, he'd wind up with a, a mate. You'd know, <laughs> win, yeah, dude. Yeah. End up with a mate. What? Are, what are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? No, what are we breeding dogs? <laughs> yeah, he came home with a real nice looking bitch. <laughs> oh, she had a brindle coat and <laughs> two different color eyes. A little mix with fawn in there. Yeah. Do you have a? Do you have uh, pets or anything? No. <laughs> that transition was brutal. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so, Francis, do you like cats or dogs? <laughs> Is your favorite color blue? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fucking good. The Bachelorette. Dude, how does somebody, like, there's somebody just saw, you, like, saw your they like, must post be. you made, and they were just like, oh, this guy's a, a bachelor. I have no idea how she found me. <laughs> she said it was through social media, though. That's great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess you go out to LA. Yeah, get yeah all sorts it's pretty. Of it's pretty crazy. Like social media has created like a ton of uh, opportunities. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 all aspects. Watching Andrew fuck with his mic. Sorry, that's bad. Um, no, I so <laughs> <laughs> was that a dirty joke? No. Or are you going to be dirty? The uh, social media has created that to where you can. You can definitely connect, and I think the LinkedIn trick is good. Another one is like TikTok. You just go to their Instagram page, and usually, like, uh, some of the yeah. For some reason, the people that are big mil- on to- TikTok like have no Instagram followers. Followers, and they'll have like seventeen hundred. And people with seventeen hundred followers on Instagram could easily be hit up and answered back and forth. Yeah, I feel like to be successful on TikTok, though, you got to be able to like dance, crip walk in a bikini. Yeah, like if you can do that, it's like, oh wow. Yeah, no, you guys are on TikTok. I'm not even on that platform. I got yeah. stuck. I'm, I'm sucked in. I'm on TikTok so I can monitor the big guy here. He, <laughs> he I've gone full out like tactical like he, operation. He had mode, to delete TikTok. Military mode, cop mode. Like I keep following operators or cops or whatever. And like now the thing's just full with these badass diesel videos of people shooting things and all oh that. And like, yeah, his not, videos are just like, yeah, it, did, John's I like, John's up watching like helicopters swoop in on targets. John's yeah. like, I should have joined the army. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're on TikTok in a truck right now. Yeah, Snap yeah. out of it. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like JT is like, well, with his Instagram, he almost seems like, you know, a celebrity profile. Like, oh, guys, like, I, I'm eating my... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, call I'm eating my cheese burger. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, talks into the mic. John will be like, you know what I was thinking? Yep, exactly. <laughs> what, what are they doing with all the extra ice cream they're not selling right now? <laughs> are they giving it away to the kids? They need it. They're doing 75 assignments a day. It's funny. Uh, we, like we love you. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I've actually seen a huge increase of my watching followers on social media since this whole COVID. I'm sure everybody has. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the picture he posted? I'd love to get your feedback from like a professional real estate standpoint <laughs> on a picture that I post or I, I made for John. Probably. I'll have him pull it up. We'll it. keep talking. You pull it up on your phone and show him. But it's basically we have these two like real estate listings or not listings. We have these two lots that we're getting ready to start the first one. It, excavated foundation going to hopefully be pouring in the next week or two um 
like, how do we pre-sell it? Like, let's do something unique. So we started creating like a picture campaign of like, you know, what could, what like theoretically could happen in the city and what might not happen. So I photoshopped a dog cleaning its own poop up <laughs> <laughs> into the picture. I just love to, it. just to we see. We actually got a lot of traction on that thing. Yeah, because we're it. trying to like, because everybody's doing the same things. Yeah. And in, in, in social media and stuff it's is like real, real inundated. Yeah. So we're just trying to branch out. So, so that's actually what I'm doing. I mean, that idea that you, I mean, it's the same thing that I'm doing with my YouTube. Yeah, I was watching your YouTube earlier. You're definitely, you know, getting into the thick of it for sure. I followed you. It's Oh, yeah, I saw. Thanks for subscribing. JT, your turn. How many do you have? Do you have over 100 yet? Yeah, I have like 125. Oh, do you want to know, do you wanna know how many we're up to today? How many? Can you take a guess? 72. 78, motherfucker. Oh, we went up. Damn, it's good. You gotta, friends, you got to help us get over 100. So I, don't we can know actually how like to, I don't know how to. Actually, when I was in college, I did this podcast called Self Made. Mm. I was just like interviewing some people. So that's how I got up to like 80. And then I went from 80 to 125. Like, yeah, we feel like if we have 100 people on the podcast, we'll get 100 followers. So that's our goal. Yeah. The definitely. more people on the podcast, the better. Yes. Yeah, so my, yeah. My, yeah. If we have 100 people, that was our fallback bottom level expectation. Because if we have 100 people, we should have 100 subscribers. Because <laughs> we had 100 <laughs> people by default. So I've had like the I, I can grow Instagram followings pretty well. I mean I don't have forty thousand like or, or change or whatever, whatever yeah, fifty yeah. or however many you have. Um but I've done I think I'm almost up to three thousand all organic. Nice. Just connecting with people, speaking, and then the one I have I've in now I've intentionally done it that way to see like what works. And then we run those things on other Instagrams that are bigger. Um but like connecting and growing the youtube channel has been like the most frustrating thing for me because there's no science to it with the yeah, instagram thing that, there's a way YouTube, to do it i don't know how youtube works yeah yeah i have i cannot nobody, figure it nobody out nobody goes on youtube and just starts browsing videos to watch mm. they usually go on youtube and search search a uh, particular thing right and you got to come up with what they're searching so here's and the more the more views and the more subscribers you have, the you, almost more it's, it's like SEO or whatever up to the top. So here's the strategy I'm running right now, which I may or may not cut out because this is Andrew Man level yeah. stuff. We're taking the podcast, we're cutting the podcast down into like thirty second clips or minute long clips nice. of like supporting information. So say something like you, like I ask you a question, you say something impactful, which is the goal to like have you on to like. Hope, provide some insight have a good time like be authentic right um and then those minute clips like nobody wants to watch an hour-long podcast Definitely. nobody wants to listen to an hour-long podcast. you don't have time right but you listen to an hour-long podcast probably you probably listen to the joe rogan show you probably I, listen you i pro actually haven't um, all right well i haven't just like for the sake of the study <laughs> yeah no i mean I, I definitely have but like that's i'd say like while i was in college and be my first year in the business i had more time to be like listening to stuff but mm. now i just don't have the time yeah, he's, he doesn't like, have time in the car yeah yeah what? so like we're trying to get those minute long clips and then we push those to instagram kick and then it put back that to, to the right. youtube so like people put, will watch put the it. link in bio yeah or stuff anything like that yeah but i mean our whole goal is we, we just want to help we want to be able to help people we want to keep small business and local business thriving and bring people on in our community that we can help. We also want to take, and if we can provide any sort of positivity 
or business advice, not that we give much, but anything we can give to any of our listeners or followers that they can then take and like do better for themselves. That's the goal. We also want to give back. I feel like what you summed up is exactly that sums think, up my yeah. thing with my whole MO with my YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. So perfect. John Stamos, Velociraptors, good housekeeping. We all just became best friends yeah, on YouTube. Much. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like we even want to, we, we have so tell them, tell them nah, about the fun. Nah. We even want to create, some sort of fund, and I don't know. I'm not tell them the name. It, tell them the name. I'm not an expert of how you set up a nonprofit, but essentially what we want to do is either sell cool shit or take some of our proceeds from our building business and set up like an allegiance fund. Um, and we're going to call it the allegiance fund because I think that brings a whole lot of things into it: patriotism, nationality, local business, and just like a group of people together. And we want to take funds and then do things, do acts of kindness that aren't necessarily like, we just don't want to donate to this random, you know, nonprofit where we don't, because yeah, a lot of those charities, they no, go do sure. the man, they go take your money. And then like, if you look at the fucking red costs, 3%, or yeah. less or something like that goes, goes to actually, if you donate a hundred dollars, only three of your dollars are actually going to help someone because of all the admin. So I want to take the money yeah. and straight to the helping people. So yeah. we want to take someone that needs help. Like let's say an old farmer, right? He's farming, he's producing milk, whatever. But if we can go like on a weekend and help him like rebuild his fence, and he needs a fence. Boom. We're building fences. So, so I relate to that. Um, because when people ask me to donate, if it's like someone that like, I really respect, and they have a charity, then I'll go do it for. But what, what I like doing more, like one of my buddies is like, "Oh shit, I just got um, unemployed. I just got furloughed." I'm like, dude, you're the, you're the fucking man. I just like Venmoed him like two hundred fifty bucks, and then like I like that because you have a bigger impact on you have a direct someone. impact. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Rather than like some charity that you don't really know what the hell is getting done with yeah. the money, and you don't know where that dollar so so if anyone listening if you guys can help us and we're going to start introducing this onto our social media but if anyone listening has a specific person or a specific business that's like struggling and they need a little bit of help or a little bit of push andrew and i are very crafty in what we can do we can either put in brute muscle we can put in promotion we can run an event we can we just want to help and we may not yeah. have we don't have a lot of time but we have our weekends our families get involved. It's something good to teach everybody to do. So I had a little bit of a breakdown. We get in a lot of, well, I don't want to call them fights, but we get in debates. And I was like, yeah. I want to give back. We need to give back. Like, we need to do more good. Like, we're doing great right now. This, but, like, you hear about how bad everybody's doing. I don't know that. Like, we don't, I only know that we're doing well. Yeah, Even under the conditions, like, the, yeah, bad. we're, so, like, I was thinking, I was like, well, like, how do we, like, we need to give back to the community, and he's like, well, we're selling this one product, and we're donating some of the sales to, like, a chair, and I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't feel, like, authentic, like, why do I feel like, I feel like I just don't, like, I'm not into that that much, like, it's just, we need something more, and he's yeah. like, well, what do you want to do? He's like, what do you want to do? Yeah, I was like, I don't know, like, I, I want to help people just directly. Like, I just want to find the person that needs to help and just help them. Basically like, I don't want to do, is. I don't want to create like this campaign where we collect the money and then we try and get donations. And it's like, we have the money. We have the resources. If we don't have the money, like we have cameras, we have drones, we have social media, we have podcasts. We know other people that want to help people. So like, in my opinion, I feel like we know enough or know enough people that we could move 
probably some significant problems for people. We just don't know them. So we like, just need help finding them. So like the right? podcast in a way was like some bit, some people we have on the podcast, like the goal is to bring attention to their business. Like your business is doing quite well. So like it's kind of different, but like, Doing we like even for these people like we want to like offer them drone vi- like whatever like I just want to help some people out that need. You just want to drone some shit, right? Well, yeah. I mean, a sidebar: if you want the drone, we got the drone. <laughs> I don't Fly mind flying drone. it. You know, there's gonna be a world one day when there's gonna be drones everywhere. Everywhere, and they're gonna have like attack drones, police drones. That like, scares the shit out of me. Oh yeah, it's common, dude. I you gotta get a drone now. Control. Yep, dude. Th- there's gonna be police drones shooting other drones out of the sky that break the rules. You know Stay I mean? at home drone. Stay at home drone. Where's your mask? <laughs> Drones are flying around without masks over the camera. Yeah, that's when you know everything's gone to shit when you see a drone without a mask Yo, on. Yo, they had the drones in China telling people to go back inside. That shit was crazy. Yeah, do you know oh. who made those drones? Elon Musk, no, probably. Boston Dynamics. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Our robots were over in the Philippines. I saw a video of, of like this robot in the Philippines that were helping people. It was like identifying areas where people were grouping. Yeah. And then narking them out to the police. Except they got this grandma in a field by herself. She's like, go home. She's like, I'm all by myself. With their shotgun. Just being you, like, you guys hear about the New York City s- snitch software or whatever? No. Uh, li- what? In New York City, there was like some snitch hotline that you could go call. You could go call a snitch hotline to where people weren't like social distancing. Wasn't that in California though too? I See? thought that was in California. And didn't someone wasn't someone fucking with the hotline in New York? Dude, they were talking about it on. I don't know. Like that might be true too. I would totally believe it. But they were talking on the road on Joe Rogan's podcast how pissed he was at the governor. And he's like, yeah, you can't. You're creating snitches. Why you're some people? He's like, that's rush. That's like Nazi Germany. Like, well, basically, I think up. what happened in. New York City is like people ended up just taking pictures that are their dicks and then sending it in the hall. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the server crashed. <laughs> That's the first time in recorded history that like dick pics have done justice. <laughs> Dude, but that's so American, right? Like you tell us a snitch hotline, everyone's like, fuck you. Here's, Here's my, my dick. <laughs> that's about as American as you get. Well, I mean, like everything comes down to how clear and how concise you can communicate and nothing sends it home like a dick pic. <laughs> I can't believe that. I don't know. Do you want to talk about dick pics? No, I want to talk about this lockdown and like, you know. We don't want to talk about lockdown. We, if Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> no, we might we might want to but no but seriously though whoever wants a dick pic nobody but <laughs> whoever wants to be locked down right no so where do you stand so what what are we in week what is this the fucking we're in may and they shut this shit down like mid-march March. Like, okay so we're almost two months right we're two, we're, months. About two months. we're about two months i would like, be cool if they would have said 30 days everybody in the country Stay home. Well, that that goes back to our point originally. Like and, with and Francis, nobody knows anything. Nobody knows enough. We don't know. But if they would have done that, I think they had America's attention mm. to do that. No, but we didn't they, know. But but what I'm saying is, we all would have been game to say stay home for three weeks or four weeks, right. probably, probably three weeks. We would all just stayed home. We would have just done it. But now that they, you know, like with PA, my biggest thing was as long as they had Wawa open. Nothing mattered. No shutdown. No nothing Dude, happened. None of it matters at all. This whole non-essential essential argument, it doesn't actually exist. It doesn't. No nope. nobody there nobody is getting arrested for cutting hair. 
I don't know a single person or a barber that's been arrested. Go cut hair. If you're that, if can we, you can we make you a haircut appointment then, dude? Hey. I'm not cutting it. You're just gonna let the flow go, dude. F- flow it. You up. got yo. Francis is looking like he had a haircut recently. I did get a haircut. Yeah, but you, you know who's not. In, you know who's not in jail or. Francis or Francis or his barber. Francis so, barber. Like I really, really think that like all these like we're we're gonna go in ten thousand foot view. Twenty twenty, everybody has a voice now. So, so back uh, in the day, you had to get together with enough people of common enough viewpoints to be loud enough to make your voice heard. Now you can just go on Instagram and make everybody think that the world is terrible because your world is terrible. Complete bullshit. Or positive. Positive. Yeah, I think that uh, there, there was something. I'm in this group on Facebook called, like, Pennsylvanians Against Excessive Quarantine. <laughs> and before, like, Wolf wanted to mandate um, masks, that you had to go wear masks when you go outside or whatever. And someone ended up posting on there that he ended up checking with his lawyer. And I guess he had to change the language on his website or whatever to now where masks are strongly encouraged because you can't yeah. mandate people wear masks oh there's definitely an, a constitutional argument which i i i i am a full-hearted believer in the constitution I however agree with you there. i'm a full-hearted believer that people also don't need to say that they're a full-hearted believer in the constitution at times right there are uh, i ta- think i think now in 2020 you do it's almost like people i find if, myself doing it too you like find yourself defending the your reasons of being an american i, I understand that but there are times when you don't need to, you could just say okay i'm not really getting infringed upon right like has any one of us ever been infringed upon in this current 2020 thing nope. no nope so you know that in fact we've talked to police yeah and like no bucks, infringement it's funny because bucks county was one of the counties that was like we're not enforcing anything that tom wolf says like we're gonna tom kinda, wolf go home they're, they're gonna pretty much leave it up to the local authorities in the you know which is where it should be because some local local authorities if you live up in tenicum like there's no there's no COVID cases up there if right you, you live down in bristol maybe there's more but what it is is people have to have a responsibility on the ground and be an American and know what's right from wrong and safe and unsafe, or if there is anything safe or unsafe about our current situation. But I think, you know, looking back on 2020, you're going to realize that this is going to be a fundamental change in how America sees the government. And I'm not sure which way it's going to go. Right. I'm sure it'll go away that none of us had thought it would. Yeah. For sure. I, th- I think it's you can see it changing. You can see local governments not listening to state governments. You can see state governments not listening to federal government. You can see federal government going against their own re- guidelines to the states. Like this whole thing is just going to be a complete shakeup of the political system. I don't hear about AOC anymore. Do you? you hear yeah, about but her? like, see, like the thing is with that is like going back to the social media point is like every everything's being for forefront in front of you and if like you and like social media is set up in a way that you only see people that you tend to agree with not even agree with like i tend to see the people in my feed that i disagree with because like those are the people that i end up interacting with not me per se but like the person that you're getting those people put in front of you because you interact with them. You're interacting with them because you disagree with them. So the Facebook algorithm just keeps putting the people you disagree with in front of you. So you think the whole world disagrees with you. You think the whole world's stupid. And then you have people like saying, well, 
like the average American's not as smart, so we need to make the decisions for them, or we need to do this for them because they're seeing this this information and they're making the wrong choice. And it's like, well, like when did we get in the business of thinking that we were smarter than other people and making decisions for them? Like who? Like how 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 self righteous and ignorant do you have to yeah. be to think that you are smarter than someone? I mean, like in the in the the context of the conversation, like I could be like, Hey, I'm smarter than Francis. He isn't good at math, but like Francis might know everything that's ever happened on history from the beginning of time till now, pull it from memory. Like, so yeah. I think everybody like has their uniqueness about them. And just like, there's just like this Social constant media attack going on so that like, you just don't need to be a part of. And I really encourage people to just like, just like, yeah, like yeah, just so, be so, social media has its positives. It has its negatives, but I don't think that the people who started the Constitution, mm. the founding fathers, could anticipate that most people are getting their news and daily activities from social media. From social media, where you have possibly people who control your algorithm or the feeds into your social media have an agenda, or they're corrupt, or they don't know they're corrupt, or the algorithm's broken. There's so much influence that can happen from foreign governments that can happen from internal controls inside Facebook that can happen just because you like 10 of these pictures and five of these, just go try it, go on your Instagram and start liking, I don't know, planes. And then within a week, the only thing in your search thing is going to be planes. Yes. So So there's a, there's a positive and negative to that. But yeah. So somewhere along the lines that all changed because it used to be like, I have friends in Facebook that I've been friends with my whole life that if I go on Facebook, unless I type their name in, I have no idea what's happening with them. Yeah. It's interesting. My my game is more like, I think there's like an awakening right now. Like, because there's nothing new about what's going on right now. Back in World War II, the Allied and the Axis power both doctored casualty numbers, bombing numbers. Sure. Like, when they bombed Dreschen, they... The, the Nazis said they were two million casualties and there wasn't even enough people in the city to warrant, like, warrant that. Like, so, like, there's always been that information. But now the small guy, which is us, who, like, now is the negative-sounding voice, could do something different with that. Because, like, we all are experiencing, like, this new complex where, like, we don't feel like people are telling us the truth. And yeah. they never have been telling us the truth. It's just now we have the tool of like the internet on our hands to find where out. We that can they see been. a little bit of the truth that we know that like something's up here. So like it's really up to people and like our culture. It's not up to a politician. It's not up to Don. It's not up to whoever gets elected next. It's up to nobody but us as people to be like, okay, this information's coming in right now. That's just the f- that's just the fuss. Let me dig, let me move it around, peek around the corner and be like, okay, here's the good information. This is the stuff, and then I'm going to get it. So I think, like, it's internet is still very new to us as a species. I think eventually, like, it'll maybe not correct itself, but it will go the other way. Yeah. Which I think is where we're going to head towards now, where everybody's like, we feel heavily policed. Yeah, I think the information definitely is policed that's given to you. There's not, you can't, you can't really find the truth. Like, it's really hard to find legit news articles or research papers that don't have an agenda that don't have an agenda yeah everybody's got an agenda though yeah even the studies have agendas and the pollings have agendas and you you know you can make a poll question we were at a neighborhood meeting one time 
right? And this is recent. This is before. This is right as the the lockdown was starting. We were at a neighborhood meeting for an approval, and this guy in the back was like, he asked a poll question. He says, do you support the added density of this project? It was a poll question, right? And like 80% of the people who responded said no. So I asked him, I said, look, what if you asked it this way? And I said this right to like the board that was voting on it. I said, what if you said to save one of the most historical manors in Chestnut Hill, Germantown area, you had to save it by allowing four other homes to be built in the backyard for the money to go to raise to save that? Would you be in support of the added density? I think the number would be completely different. But again, the they voted though everybody that voted not in favor right. of the house then changed their mind and were like, actually, we want that mansion. Yeah, the, the room completely flipped. Yeah, the board That's voted in favor of us. That guy was like angry in the back, but he's angry always. So, again, you know, right. everything has its biasness, and it's just, I think it's a re- it is a responsibility for the individual to call that shit out. So, is it like the responsibility of like us to listen and like dissect it all the way? Or like, cause sometimes like, like yeah. I could argue like it, the you were there and you took like an opportunity to like word it in a more positive for me, sense a positive for, for, for our, me, for yeah. our, for our side. Right. Like, yeah. And it, my and own to, question was biased. Yeah. So like just that sheer changing of how you said it changed the whole dynamic and like that is realistically like what we're have happening now on social media, on mainstream media. It's like we can present this half of the information and it conveys this very grim end of the world scenario. But if we pulled out on the camera and you could see the whole page of information, you're like, like oh, oh, I didn't. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, and I like, think, and but like yeah. right now, people are so convinced of that one negative half of the page that they don't even think the other half of the page even exists. And when you try yeah. and be like, "Hey, there's there's another half over here," they're like, "No, there is not." So you know what half we're gonna be? We're gonna be positive. Well, the other half doesn't even exist to me anymore. I'm gonna converse. I'm gonna go backwards on it. Yeah. Or could you do that? So the takeaway, I guess, only for today. Re- only put it. Could we only put out like positive propaganda? Yeah. <laughs> How would That's we do it. that? Oh, no, I think I think it's like you know we can do it. I mean, again, we wanna we we are making this movement to be positive. We're gonna be an influence. I think Francis is already there trying to be an influence to be positive. Yeah, I definitely want to talk more about like the YouTube and yeah. everything with him. But like, I definitely have in a question for you regarding like the amount of instagram followers you have and like what's going on like have what kind of feedback have you received from like your lifestyle that you present and share with us during like this time i haven't really gotten any feedback on lifestyle no haters no i mean people agreeing with you people just like yeah i guess it's just like really like who i am Mm. um and i'd say like that kind of goes hand in hand with like the clients that I work with a lot um, that have gotten feedback on is um, the YouTube with uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback on uh, how to like basically like me talking about how I bought my first three properties and I just bought new construction, putting minimum down primary residence and then just renting them. 
and uh, I've had, you know, a few um, Instagram followers, like, reach out, kind of just wanting to pick my brain on, like, how I did it. Mm, and then yeah. uh, I'm, help- I'm now helping, like, a few clients, like, start their search for their first house. Dude, you're pretty cool. much on your way to being Grant Cardone. Not going to lie. I mean, he's not on his way to jail. (laughs) 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 No, I think that's awesome. I I think I caught one of them where you're talking about, like, you know, how you started your first property. Um, Who manages all your properties for you now? Mine are new construction. um, Not much required. Yeah, I just do it myself. And you just dump them after, like, five or seven years once? I don't know what the exit is. Um, I guess it depends on what... Obviously, when you have a lot of equities and your return of equity on the thing would be low, so it kind of depends on how much cash I would have at hand and like what I can use that equity towards, like in another project. Yeah. So I, I guess some advice I've been in that game for, I was in that game for a while. And I've seen a lot of people like in New York where they built equity. So you kind of do the same thing. You bought properties that were maybe sold slightly under value. Right. You had immediate equity. Um, my advice would be to package as many as you could together and sell them as a whole package. Yeah. So if you, let's say you have 20 or 30 properties or 10 or 15, whatever. If you can sell all those as one to package one investor. and one investor, cash out, get your money out, and then roll that into like an apartment building. Multi- Definitely. A multifamily right. apartment building so where you're only managing one building. Right. And then you don't pay taxes by 1031 exchanging that sale. Right. You go into the apartment building tax-free. You then provide value. You refinance it, and God's gift from the IRS is you can refinance out all your cash tax free. You're gonna, dude. Your wow, your awesome. Bugatti is gonna get smashed <laughs> up tomorrow. So, so <laughs> th- you wait. So, yeah. So ten thirty one into it, then you're not paying tax, and then you can just refi in. So yeah, you you're able to ten thirty one the proceeds. So yep. let's say you made a million dollars on ten properties, like right. you made hundred grand a property. That million dollars, you can 1031 exchange into it, as long as it's all one entity. Right. But again, you got to figure that out. You can then 1031 the million bucks in as equity, and then let's say you can pull all your equity out on a non-recourse loan or whatever, tax-free, and now you got your million bucks back and didn't have to pay a dime to the government. That's awesome. And, and you just don't have to pay taxes on that flat out? Like you can, when you, you refinance, you can go buy yourself. a Bugatti. You, you yeah, can, you, you give yourself a loan. Yeah, when you when you ten thirty one when you exchange like real estate into an investment right. property, it's supposed to be for the investor. Um, yeah, I mean, then let's say let's say you had to put a million dollars down on a five million dollar building. Yep, that building now becomes let's say it becomes worth ten million. Right, and you can just ca- you can cash, cash out, out eight. Let's say you cash out eight million. Yep, right or seven point five or seven point five, whatever the the loan to value is. But that cash, that million bucks equity came in, all comes back. Nice. So that's how the big guys do it. I love it. And so, like, that's the next step for you. And I understand that game. So, I can, you know, we can talk offline, like, how to do that. That's awesome. But I don't think you want to be managing 20 singles. Right. It's a great place to start because it's created cash flow. It's created equity. You're in the game. Now, before they get too old or the tax abatement wears off, maybe package them together. Sell them. Sell them. And go buy yourself a multifamily, new construction where the equity might be even bigger, right? Or something that's not a, turnkey. It would be value add, right? It'd be a value always add. value, yeah. Add. Or develop so, or develop it and get it approved yourself because you can build your own value that way, right? 
So then where do you write, like, just getting started in that sphere? Because, for example, with my business, for the single family or, like, you know, lot, the biggest deal that it put together was, like, a 40-unit warehouse where you could do 40 units by right, mm-hmm. and it'll be, like, 40 condos with parking that you can get as an upside. the public storage? No, no. It, it was just a warehouse that, okay. like, a company was leasing out for. I right. forgot what the rent roll was. But um, just running some numbers, I think it'll be, like, developer will be, I'll be in for $8 million and mm-hmm. we can sell them as condos for 12 and a half. And I think as apartments, it would, they would be worth, like, eight eight. Um, but, like, anyways, like... There's a lot of risk in condoing a building and selling it as condos. Mm. Where would you where would you recommend finding those deals? Just from, like, multi-fam brokers uh, for the most part? Or? Yeah, I mean, you, you guys have enough traction that you can probably start to find land, right? raw ground. I think there's going to be an opportunity. Again, I, that's why I talked about opportunity. I think the opportunity comes where you're going to see another change order. Because let's all be honest, land was being sold for the top dollar. Before COVID. Definitely. As high as it's going to get for the next five years to 10 years, in my opinion. I think a lot of sellers are going to be like, shit, I held out a little too long. I need to dump this. And once that fear enters the market, I think you're going to see some massive property depreciations quickly. Definitely. And if you can catch it right, you don't have to time it all the way to the bottom. You may need to buy on the, like you right. do a stock. You buy on your way down and you buy on your way up and eventually your cost basis is low. Right. Right. The fall to February. Yeah, the fall to February, whatever they call that. So there's going to be opportunities. Uh, conversions, apartment, like factory conversions in right areas are always good. Um, yeah, just you just got to get in the deal. You got to get in those big deals. You got to find those. Re- there's going to be a lot of retail s- stores right. and shops in Philadelphia. Retail on the bottom that have been carrying that property for some time. That retail's gone. Because a lot of those buildings in Philly, the way it works is if you have, let's say you have a uh, a rainbow shoe store, like 1208 Chestnut, rainbow shoe store, three-story building, that guy selling it, it was selling this property for $2.1 million, which was a lot. But again, the, 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 the rainbow shoe store had carried all the expenses on the property. He never had to develop the above, but he could go more stories up in the air. Right. But now that that retail shop has been closed and may go out of business. He's like, damn, I got to sell this thing now or else right. I'm going to lose it. So like, or I won't have to pay my bills or I won't have to pay my bills. And all of a sudden that property goes back to the bank, which happened in 2010. And then what you need to do is you need to get bank relationships from guys in workout sections of the bank. So it's called workout. So guys like there's guys like, I'll just, there's guys like Michael Blank used to be for Conestoga. I don't know if he's there anymore. Yeah, there, I, there, I there's, agree. There's guys in other banks. If they're workout departments, that's what they're called, work yep. out the bad debt. If you can develop your relationships in that sector and get ready for the massive buildings to default, which they will. So that's that's going to be your more local banks, like Univas, DMB. This going to be lo- yeah, uh, private Susquehanna. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna do workouts from like TD Bank. They're selling like the portfolio of a hundred buildings, right? Right. Across right. the nation, you're gonna be local banks. Your Republics, First Trust, right. Conestoga, uh, Penn Community, like all those things in this. And then anyone's listening to this, you know, thank God you held on for a couple hours. Here. <laughs> you have now hit gold, and now you know be a gold rush to those guys. But that's where we found a lot of our inventory 
was work out. Wow. And so if you can get those connections, you'll be good. Let's play devil's advocate. No, it's worked in the past. You're good to go. I, I actually have another question, too. Go for it. JT, what do you think of uh, – so the house that I'm doing right now in Guard Hospital of, mm-hmm. like, 18th and Fitzwater, I got a two-story shelf for 325 I figure I'll be all in, like, 600 to 650 The house appraised for 860 I think I can sell that in, like, maybe, like, three years for you know, 900 to a million. What do you think – you think that's a good strategy? Just make two fifty k tax free every two every two years, and as a primary resident. So, out of that six hundred k that I'm all in, the bank financed five forty. The only cash that I had was sixty. Are you going to live there? Yeah, for two years and then sell it. Yeah, I mean, you can. Yes, that I'm is planning on doing that every two years right now. People that don't have, yeah, are able to be are right. able to be mobile. Right, you can make a lot of money buying in a neighborhood that you know. And buying a good value or a distressed property, fix it up, live there, get past the capital gain, you know, the ordinary income and get into capital gains tax bracket. And they keep rolling that over. Now, I don't think you can 1031, a pri- uh, uh, you can't 1031 exchange a, a residence that you live in, but. Well, but it's two years and then you take up the quarter million yeah. tax free. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand what you're doing. So, yeah, no, I think that's a great strategy. And as long as you want to keep moving, like I hate moving. Right. I, I, there's a time there, you know, you move every couple of years. It sucks. That's what I'm doing exactly. Oh, my God. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I can't do it. I mean, I got to stop moving. Well, I've now lived in a place for eight, seven, eight years. Uh, So much better. But yes. um, Yeah. But what are you trying to do? Move? No. No, I love my neighborhood. My kids are hanging out with the other neighborhood kids. All the time, you liar. (laughs) Now now all the teachers and everybody hates you on your street. So you got to move anyway. Yeah. Now you got to move. Yeah. You know any good realtors, Francis? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know out here. I don't know anyone. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's it's. Uh, there's a couple guys that make their name out here, but um, but I playing w- but playing dev- devil's advocate on h- what he was saying. What if what if we the the push to move to the city that we experienced with like the millennials and everybody moving to the city and like all of our parents being like, don't move to the city, it's dangerous. What happens when everybody starts moving out of the city? That was my thing. That's why I got out of the city. Um, would you ever like? Would you ever look at opportunities out here, or do you just don't know this market? Don't I? I interested? don't know this. I mean, right now the trends are the city is appreciating way mm-hmm. more compared to the suburbs in in terms of like volume, like amount of transactions per block. It's like. The city is just dominating, but if the suburbs, you know, starts blowing up and now everyone wants to be in the suburbs, yep. yeah, yeah I go live in the, the suburbs. But would you, would you put them on what I'm saying is like, would you start making those considerations now? Because say like COVID or the at least the fear of COVID sticks around longer and people don't want to live in the city and the city's not as prosperous. Like yeah. at what point does someone that was invent, like what do you look for, I guess, like trends, indicators to say, hey, city's not good anymore. Because I understand what you're saying about, like, the momentum data. But, like, all that momentum data hasn't come out for April yet. The – I always thought that – I that's why I started doing development in the suburbs and building in the suburbs because I, I saw the, the complete run on neighborhoods and the amount of homes being built. And I was like, it can't. 
it can't sustain a millennial. The average age of the millennial marriage had hit the average age that people have kids. And I thought that was the catalyst. And that was like three years ago. Boy, was I wrong. So, oh, so you thought based upon how many years somebody was married, they would have kids at X years. I, those, those ages intersect. And the data just changed on you. It is just, it is just <laughs> no, what it was is the younger people just kept moving in. And uh, if you look back at trends of history, and I guess history repeats itself, you look over the thousands of years humans have been on planet Earth, as population grows, they go into centers, and they go into centers, and it takes a massive recalibration of rich to poor to push people back out. So if we're worrying about people getting fearful from living in the city because of like a pandemic, this pandemic, if that fear, if that fear is around in six months, there's going to be a lot of buying opportunity because there's going to be a lot of shit distressed. Like yeah. It, truthfully, truthfully, like, and that's going to be more long. That's going to be a longer game opportunity. Yeah. I really don't think it's going to play out that I way. I don't either, but I think did, we're going to have the scenario where like, this time next year, we're like, oh, damn, we're, we got hurt, a little hurt by that. But what I think is the more damaging and more real-life scenario is we are probably likely to see COVID-20 or whatever the next thing is. And now the disruption that this pandemic has caused politically, economically, medically, whichever angle you look at it from, it's kind of the boy that cried wolf. I would not want to own real estate right now in New York City. But don't you think Agreed. like the next time this comes it around, it doesn't even make sense in New York City. But people are gonna like the ne- like say this happened again, and people don't take it as serious next time. But it is serious. Yeah, no, it could it could be definitely some. I know a lot of people that have already moved out of New York City. Yeah, I think people. I I think we we talk to people. I think. Maybe Philadelphia doesn't see that like Exodus, but I definitely, dense, right? I definitely think that. New York is going to see oh, the yeah. push. I think people are moving out of New York. That's why we're we're looking at lots up here, and we're looking for towards the future, like gearing up, hopefully to capture some of those like modern New Yorkers. So like some of the designs and stuff that we're looking for to build in twenty twenty one are going to go more modern farmhouse. Like real modern. Real right. modern. Because, like, we really think the New Yorkers are coming. I think in 20 well, years, hear. people are going to be like, what happened in New... Because it's, like, in between Washington and, or New York and D.C. Like, Newtown, where I grew up, like, a lot of people commute through Amtrak that way. Got it. So it's like you can live far enough out that you can... Like, you can live in Bucks County in a mega house compared to what you would be able to get in North Jersey, because like you I have like mainline or like uh, mainline is comparable to um, the like the upper New Jersey, like Westchester area of New York City, right? Yeah, like, we, yeah well, yeah, that yeah. would be a better one. Yeah, the um, well, there's a there's a city in North Jersey. Um, there's a, there's a famous mall in the sound. I forget what, not something with a B. I, I, I don't know. I'm blanking on it, but I know that there's like a really really high end mall in this same area, of North Jersey, and it's pretty much. King of Prussia in North Jersey and like the re- real estate values around that area, all New York driven. Yeah. But like if you say you want that house, but double that house, you come down to Bucks County. What I would not want to own right now is a, a high rise. Definitely. Because everyone in a high rise was in a, was in a 
place where they didn't do manufacturing. They didn't really have to be there. They didn't get a lot of interface of like customer retail experience. They were just there in an office in a cubicle. You're talking commercial real estate. I'm talking about, a, yeah, a, oh, high, okay. a com- commercial real estate high-rise office. Yeah, I thought you were talking about apartments. Um, they've shown that even though people are less productive at home, they're still more productive than the commute, the bullshit at the office, the breaks at the office, that people are technically working less at home, but they're getting as much done because they're not commuting. They're not having to worry about what they need to wear. Right. And all the jobs in those high rises could effectively just be moved at least, you know, three days a week, two days a week back to home. So I think you're going to see a massive, a massive contraction. My, I would, I would be a bet man to say you're going to see a massive contraction in high of, rise of high rise office commercial, space, right? Commercial. Offices, yeah. And I think it's going to be a and blood, retail. It's going to be a bloodbath. So because again, a lot of the a lot of the retail around those offices, like the Seven Elevens, the the restaurants, and everything, they rely on that office people definitely to feed their economy. So, so what do you so think? So center the best cities could just like now. blow up. What right? do you think the best use is going to be now for those? Residential entertainment, offices. entertainment, residential. Entertainment. I think I think a lot of those will get convert. I think you will see office conversions again. You saw it back in 2010, 2011, where uh, GlaxoSmithKline was in Philadelphia. They moved down to the Navy Yard because they didn't need to be downtown. They needed, they wanted parking. They wanted ease right. to the airport. That whole building got converted by Ron Kaplan to all residential. You're going to see more of that because again, living in the city is different than working in the city. I think you're going to see a lot of reverse commuting. You're going to see a lot of people living and working from home in the city, but still getting the restaurants from the city, but they don't have to go to that office building. To work. I don't know how that plays out, though, because if you look at, like, the retail shopping mall industry, this was the death blow. Retail malls, gone. No, I think but all, you, yeah. But, like, what we just saw, like, we have a couple malls in this area of, like, Oxford Valley that have been struggling for a long time. So, like... We were we've been wondering for the longest time what's going to happen to that. I think this is the this is the camel straw. No, but the yeah. straw that broke the camel's yeah, back. But are we going to be looking that way towards skyscrapers? I, yeah, I think so. In a short time, like are we going to drive past the Comcast too, and be like, you remember when they thought that was a good idea? I think we are, and then we're going to say, yeah, remember that guy that bought that condo in there and he like converted that whole thing to residential? Maybe not Comcast because they're massive company and they're probably right. doing really well by now but you know aramark the fuck kind of business is aramark gonna have this year yeah the hospital i shorted aramark oh like, in january when we came back from because i saw how yeah. scared he was of the covid and then me and him were kicking around in our new office being like well if the factory shut down how will i get my iphone screen fixed and then i'm like if the factory shut down. <laughs> and no, i'm like well, what if and i was like oh my god and i started following the news and i didn't get like I tried to stay not emotional in it because it was like a little like every couple of days we'd be like, oh, my God, is it really this bad? I, and I, then, dude, I'm glad I did because like the more and more I process it, I'm like, what's the first thing that's going to get hit in a sickness? And then I was reading the Chinese Twitter news on the Twitterverse and I was like, damn, nobody is all their sports events are canceled. All gone. their concerts are canceled. All Disney, their K-pops canceled. Disney, everything's all that stuff done. gone. And I was like, dude. Short, short theme park, short entertainment. Wow, that's smart. Everything. Did a bunch of those bets hit? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Every single one of them. I, I think one of the things, too, for Philly, it'll be interesting to see how Morgan Lewis building their new high-rise oh. office building, new construction, oh, how totally that's going to happen there. forgot about that. That's what I'm saying. Like, they got to be freaking the fuck out. Did they out. finish all that development along Washington and Broad? 
Yeah, those are uh, residential. Yeah, though. that's Altera. Those are apartments. Okay. I didn't yeah, know those are mo- yep. modular. I thought that was going to be like a Target or something like that. They, they do yeah, it's have, already done. Yeah, they, they have all that in there. And but there's, there's it's like a neighborhood Target. Yeah, so like I was on 21st and Fitz, or 21st and Christian. Okay, cool. Wow, before we left the city. So I was like driving past that every day being like, what are they going to do with all these homeless people when this target goes? <laughs> <laughs> they just like move. Around. They but just no, move them like, south. Do you think those guys that are responsible for that Morgan, for Morgan Lewis's building are like sitting at home, like <laughs> talking to their wives, like we are so fucked. Right. Like, what are we going right. to do here? Like we're building a brand new office. That an that, office that like that nobody's going to go to because one we can't, and then two we're going to find out that nobody really likes to go in the office and they just want to stay home anyway. Right, and then the 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 power of the neighborhoods back, the power of the suburbs is back. I think pow- it'll be dependent upon which narrative gets pushed forward harder, because there's two sides of the story. Yeah. There's two narratives. Nobody is being the gray narrative where you get all the information. So I think like as Americans, what we're seeing is like people are like, "Hey, we want to be back out. We want this." Like. What are you doing? What are you going to do about, are you going to actually take it from us? I don't think you are. Yeah. So like what I like, it's really hard to say. Cause like, I would like to think that everything just like one day we wake up and people are just like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this. I hope my barber does that very shortly. <laughs> Cause I, <laughs> I need a haircut, man. Yeah. He looks like Sonic the Hedgehog. If, yeah. And I have nothing <laughs> to do with this moppy hair and my, and my son's here. If I cut him again to look like a Navy SEAL, he's really going to get it good at, like, Call of Duty. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he, he sends me a picture, and he's like, yo, I didn't botch his hair. And I'm like, yeah, but he looks like he's signing up for Buds. Like, <laughs> SEAL Team 6 just called. They want Ethan. Like, Do you let him do uh, play uh, Call of Duty in the big movie theater screen? I do, yeah. <laughs> the, the rule is, the rule is. I asked him about this the, the other day. The rule is he has to mute, and he's very good. He has to mute other players, right? It's definitely a gray area, and I'm sure my wife would not be happy that I'm talking about this on the podcast because <laughs> I definitely had to push that narrative. But he goes down, <laughs> he plays. You're run, you're running you're running page two of the page two of the shit show. Um, he he started with Fortnite like that. Like we just kind of monitor him. You know what I mean? Like there's any kid. You played video games as a kid. I played video games as a kid. You played video games as a kid. Okay. Were they as gruesome, as violent, and realistic as like now? No, but I still think kids can differentiate at a, at a certain age. And if they can't, the parents should be able to see it and nip that in the butt. But you never know. I you think, th- yeah, I, I'm not a go- so I'm not a parent, but I did play video games, so I qualify for half of the commentary I'm about to make. You're I, also a human and you have the nature, so go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to say what I want to say anyway. I think that the video game context where people are like, oh, it's creating this violence, or it's creating this, it's creating that. It's not really creating any of those things, in my opinion. I think that what those kids are experiencing is like the separation and like the lack of socializing, because a lot of ha- like a lot happens when you're like in school or interacting with people or like when we were kids. Like I don't know like where you grew up, but like we played outside. Like I didn't own video games until I don't know. We probably got my first game system when I was like thirteen, maybe right. twelve. So, like, we didn't have any of that. Where, like, these kids grow up now, like, they get all of their socializing through computers, especially right now. So, I don't know. Like, everybody says it's such a harmful thing. But, like, is it really that harmful that they're, like, communicating and talking to each other? They're being kids on a new. It's a new technology. I really think we'll look back at it kind of, like, 
It'd be like, oh, those kids and their video games. It really isn't as no, and they thought they thought us watching TV all the time was bad too. Yeah, we turned out great. Look we're at us. No, we're, we're scared we're, shitless we're, of the coronavirus. I play, <laughs> a of, I play a lot of video games. Yeah. You play what do you play? Back in the day I played Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah and look, he turned out to be a yeah, great look, dude. look at him, dude. He's fine. Yeah, he, dude, dude. he wasn't playing it. I only played Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty. And I played a little bit of dude, they um, have Halo. The, they have this new game and again introduction with my kids getting into it i'm like getting a real little resurgent as, hmm. as nerdy as that sounds so am i they have a game called red dead red which dead. is gr- it's grand theft auto but takes place in the 1800s so you go oh. around and like fuck people <laughs> you go around and fuck people's horses up you, can go, around <laughs> and, like, you go around like to towns and like everybody well, you, it's like cowboys and indians it's, it's the same thing and you go from town to town and like inside that town you got a bunch of people that have been playing together for a while that sounds they're, dumb but westworld no, was a great show no no it's it's westworld in a video game oh dude. it is hilariously inappropriate because you can't you, you own this game no i don't i will not let my because oh, wow. of our neighbors kids play it but they talk about like they took the horse and shot it and then ate it and fed it to like this lady and made her eat it and like stole her handbag and all this shit. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> now I take shit. back what I said yeah. earlier about the video no, no, games. No, no. This, that was not no. what I was commenting this is like, on. This is like Grand Theft Auto shit getting weird. But yeah. Kill the hooker, get your money back. Exactly. Like that's what they do in the game. It's like you're like a 10 year old kid talking about killing the hooker and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Have you ever seen that meme where it's like Grand Theft Auto? It's like, it's like here, kids, learn personal finance. Kill the hooker, get your money back. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so funny. Do you, you know, so you you play video games now? You play PlayStation, Xbox? No, I don't. I don't. You don't play any video games now. No. I've been talking because his kid plays uh, PlayStation, right? Yeah. Well, I've been talking about getting a PlayStation. Nice. Um, just good thing about the games now is they finally have an inter console, whatever that's called, where if you have a PC or an Xbox, uh, we can still play with each other. Uh, which oh, makes really? sense. Yeah, the new games uh, like the first one to do it. Oh, oh wow. no shit. But yeah, so my my deadline is like I gotta finish the kitchen in the place I'm living in now. His reward's a PlayStation, and my reward is a PlayStation. Nice. Honestly, if I don't shut up about the PlayStation, my wife just might buy it for me. I I would go play Grand Theft Auto Six when that comes out. Yeah, don't they have a new one out now? Yeah, that's. Is it out? There's a new Grand Theft Auto out. I've never played it. Oh, if it's already out, I'm getting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah get, me you, and Francis are so going straight you to... You might want to check out Red Dead, but you're going to get stuck in there. You no, would... funny thing, pre-lockdown, I beat Grand Theft Auto, the most recent <laughs> one, five in like two and a half days. Or just played it nonstop. Funny. Like, oh, well, we're in quarantine. Was that before or after you ran, ran to California? You came back. Before I ran to California. You're like, and then you, he, fin- you put wait, the remote yeah, down, yeah. and you were like, I got to get out. You remember that that feeling when you were a kid and you finished a video game like Zelda or something, and you go like, you're done. You're like, I'm gonna whoa. I'm gonna drop right, I'm gonna drop some context whoa. on you. Did you use any cheat codes? No. Damn. Yeah. That's all you know. You uh, you can say a lot about a man that beats a video game without cheating. There yeah, I don't like playing the. I don't like. I never did the cheat codes. Nah. It's like, it's like, what's the point of you know? There's two people that we all know in this room, um, that we got in a discussion. We were in Vegas about Legos. <laughs> oh my god, dude! And we, you're, did, you're, he, his, his partner, you are, your his, business partner is Lego <laughs> Lawrence. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! Yeah, we had we had a heart to heart. We had a heart to heart. We're talking oh, about man. Legos, and you know who turned into a Lego guy? Who? Max. Max. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Max, yeah. Dude, Max starts telling this story, and I remember this. Story. I still think it's one of the funniest things that happens in Vegas. Lawrence is telling us how he, you know, every now and then likes to hide away in his house, doesn't go out on the weekends, and just, like, 
was going to build like a Lego thing. And we, I was like kind of making fun of him, joking around with him. And then Max, like real, real serious, he goes, this one time in the city, I bought this Lego set from this one guy. We went to his place. We had to walk up. Sec- so like he tells us this whole story about how he like walks up to the second floor of this commercial space, it's knocks like on the store. store. And I'm like, who the fuck are you buying Legos from? <laughs> it sounds like you're walking into like Merlin's workshop to buy custom. Le- like I'm literally looking at him. I'm like, Lawrence is telling us like a real world story about how he built some cool thing with Legos. And you're telling us some, some story that sounds kind of like the movie Gremlins. And I'm really like, <laughs> so no, we but had, but like, if you probably looked at our watches, we probably talked about Legos. For two hours. Uh, Dude, we were many, talking how about connects. How many, what Lego was the last Lego you built? Like, would you build the How many Like a 5,000 piece Lego set. Took him like three weeks, like constantly. Dude, you're like, how, what's the biggest thing you built? Like, we were just like going in hard. So anyway, during the lockdown, they both started, I was stuck on a group text with them. And I oh, love Max it. and Lawrence. And they were like sending back and forth. And all of a sudden, like Max sends a video of like him playing with the Legos. And then Lawrence sends a video of like him playing with his Legos. And it was like, Damn. If this is what society's doing right now, God bless America. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, or Legos made in America. Like, and then you find out that everybody's got their quirk, right? Like some people like to play video games. Some people like to build Legos. Some people like to do this and that. But, dude, you know, I, think, I think you, you just got to let more of your personality out. That's all. And I need to do more of this, too. Like, I just need to let those, like, like stigmas just roll off. Yeah, you got to get ready. Yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? And like some I'm usually pretty good at it like like whatever. I, I'm I got a podcast make, like whatever. It doesn't dude. make like, you any less uh lethal or but stealthy. You, like there's a lot of things people do that are like oh, I just didn't like drinking like like drinking soda is one for some people like or going to the gym cuz like I work out a lot so people do that to me a lot where they'll be like yeah, like, you know, like, I've been working, I got a but Like, they'll, like, I'll feel like, dude, like, you don't have to, like, try and create a story so you can connect with me because you think that's what I'm in. Like, yeah, like, and, like, I really, really appreciate when people are, like, they open up and they're just like, hey, dude, I'm in the fucking Legos, dude. Yeah. Like, whatever, I'm an adult, I play Legos. Yeah, they, like, it makes me happy. Their, I don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, and I'm always, you. like, I always look at that person and I'm always like, damn, I wish I could be more in touch with, like, that aspect of me like be like you know what i'm just gonna you know what i like this that's a good way to end this podcast talk about our couple takeaways be positive be really secure with your hobbies right i think just secure yeah just be secure definitely be positive be secure yeah make some change for the better give back one of my hobbies is fashion yeah, you like you like <laughs> yeah. you yeah, like fashion. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Tell it, me about the shirt, dude. Um, Did you so pick that up in like a surfer about shop. Not sure. I was uh, looking online somewhere. I really liked it, and then I bought it. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> life changing. That's actually like the uh, that, that's all my fashion shit. I'm like surfing that is online. amazing. I fucking liked it. Bye. I fucking liked it, and so I. Bought it, and that's my story of the shirt. Are you what? Are, like, are you into sneakers? Kind of. You just fashion as like the bulk fashion package. Yeah, Not any specific thing. Like some yeah, some right. dudes are like, dude, I don't care what I wear as long as my sneakers are fresh. But you know, what about watches? Are you into watches too? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, I just got in. Not a big fan of watches. You're not. I think watches are function. You should be function driven 
and guys that wear watches that are like six to ten to more money on their wrist, they got something that they're missing. Yeah, it ten grand in their bank account. It's it on the wrist. It doesn't make sense why you would have a watch on that expensive because the only thing it, I get, I guess it's fashion or it ties down a social status. Yeah, but some people are into that. Some but people are into it's, jewelry. It's like some the, people are like, it doesn't make sense. It's like the Richard Millies. Like people, you, I, I guess if you go into a store and you try and buy a watch for a couple, like a quarter million bucks, they're going to laugh at you because they don't have any in stock. <laughs> so here, here's the watch thing. And there's a watch the, that I really like. It's called the Metamorphosis. And what's special about this watch is that, like, it actually, when you hit the one um, selection knob on the side, the entire face of the watch moves and changes to a darker face. We're talking an automatic watch. Like, there's no batteries. This is a very high-end watch. That is badass. I'd spend 250 grand on that watch to have one of 13 because I appreciate the mechanics and the function and the, like, the sophistication that went into engineering something like that. But I will say, I do have a decent amount of watches. I wear the same watch probably 360 days a year. The Garmin. I wear a Garmin, like, athletic watch. Because, like, I look at, like, my watches. I've kind of, like, evolved past that. Yeah. In a, in a way. Like, I definitely agree with what you're saying. For me, it was definitely an ego thing. I was like, this yeah. watch is nice. I, I know it, I this watch is nice. admit it's an ego thing and you're good. But that's why I just don't wear it yeah. anymore. You like just, I'll the, the wear it you're if I get a, dressed up. Yeah. Like I even find myself with a suit on, <laughs> Garmin. Somebody somebody called me out for wearing a Garmin. I'm like, yeah, it's right next to my hand tattoo. Nice Rolex. I was like, I have one of those too. I'm sorry. Like I'm like, what are you trying? Are you trying to? I'm like, I'm, what are you trying to do? Like I'm. Are you trying to insult me? Because I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got. I don't know. A hundred miles of running this month on this watch. How many do you got on your Rolex? And yeah. sit down. Eat one of those cheesesteak egg rolls, dip it in the spicy ketchup, and sit the fuck down. <laughs> He's not got that guy's got no positivity in his life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't get the watches. I get the, I, I get dressing nice because it makes confidence level go up. Like I understand that. I'm not much into that, but what I'm saying is, I can understand fashion a little bit. Not really, but yeah. I mean, I have uh, Lucky Brand work jeans on right now. Those are badass. Yeah, Your they're real pair? badass. They're the greatest work jeans ever. I've been wearing them for five years, and they're broken in, and I'm scared to death if something happens to these jeans. Like, I'm going to have to break in another pair for five years. <laughs> Function. Yeah, yeah so, dude, I really, like, kudos to you for coming out here and venturing out into the dangerous <laughs> suburbs. Yeah, but, like, I, I really appreciate, like, everybody that comes out to, like, sit down in this room, like, I feel so grateful for, like, every additional person that comes out and hangs out with us because like sometimes I feel really positive and like grateful for everything we're doing. And like, I think we're doing cool stuff because we're doing it and people should get involved. But like, I, I like, I really appreciate like when people come out and get like, yeah, show up, have a yeah, conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Like this, this is awesome. Yeah. It was a good time for sure. So my name's Andrew. I'm here with Jonathan, our friend, Francis, you can find him on Instagram at Francis Magubot, right? Close enough. How, people always butcher it. It's M good. M-A-N-G. Yeah. So we'll let him spell it. Francis, hit us one more time with the spelling of your Instagram. Francis Magubot. M-A-N-G-U-B-A-T. And this is Andrew and Jonathan. You can find us on Instagram at 
After Five Life, of course, on our website, The After Five Podcast. And don't forget to search us on YouTube, Aldex slash Revival. We desperately need 100. We're just shy of 80. So if anybody could rally behind our cause, we greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Yo, fire.